welcome to the January 8th edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, Rich Ladder, of course, with my co-host here, James Boyd. And we are joined for the first time on the Lords of Pain show by a special guest, author of the Ring Bells Roundup, Sierra Reed. What's going on? You might want to put former Arthur, because, you know, this is it. <laughs> like Michael Jackson. I- yeah, this yeah, but it's like really it for me. Just like Michael Jackson, it's done. You know, Sierra, you don't retire more times than uh, Terry Funk. <laughs> I I know. I I say I'm going to retire, and then I come back, and yeah, I just feel like now I'm actually like done, done. Like I just have no interest to like write well, anymore. Like you you mob deep. You done, done. I'm done, done. Like the done, done. Like it's done. <laughs> Y'all really talking about Dunny language, really? Yes. Okay. This yeah. podcast, this podcast only. <laughs> we it. What's going on with you, man? Not much. Uh, just a just a surprisingly good week of uh, or better week of of Raw and SmackDown, especially SmackDown. I thought SmackDown was great tonight. Yeah, man, it's our uh, first uh, regular uh, review show back. We've had um, the award shows and and all the other gimmicks, but. Uh, we are back here to talk about Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. I'm riding high off the um, post All Elite Wrestling uh, rally and all that. So put a column up. Uh, check it out on lordsofpain.net. Um, also got them in their feelings about uh, Hulk Hogan. And, um, you know, well over 120 comments later, people on there crying. Um, yeah, so it's been an eventful week for uh, me already as well. Uh, but I guess let's get to it. So I think Raw was in Orlando, Florida, um, not too far from uh, our neck of the woods. But yeah, um, Hogan, you know, given where Hogan and in, in Tampa in the Tampa Bay area, you know, there's a hop and a skip to get him up there. Quick drive. So um, yeah. it, it was the return of everybody. Um, Hogan, Cena, Brock, Alexa, Ronda, Strowman. Different shit like that. So we opened up, and there was a brawl going on in the back with Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. I'm only going to assume that he bent over and showed Seth his ass, and Seth just didn't take to that type of disrespect. Um, but apparently there was some deal last week um, where Lashley and Rollins were at it, and then they were back at it this week and all that. What you guys think of that brawl? The brawl was fine to me. It's just I – Sierra – I, you you go because I I I just can't with the with the camera angle, the camera shots I just can't. You refer to me as if I'm going to give a nice compliment or comment towards Bobby Lashley or Seth Rollins. Well, I, well, I mean, I mean, maybe you had something like positive to say other okay. than like this was a good brawl, and but the camera was so shaky that it was just absurd, like. I'm a person that normally is numb to the motion sickness type deal or whatever. This one just like, yo, this is kind of just annoying. You can't focus and understand anything that's really going on right now. Jesus. I mean, the, the camera shaking got you, man. You you, you missed the whole attitude. Yeah, <laughs> the camera was I, always shaking. I don't even know the uh, camera shaking. I mean, there was brawls over spilt coffee, like <laughs> somebody taking a towel or a pair of shoes being missing. But the only thing I say about the whole Lashley and Seth Rollins thing is that I was just like, oh, wow, they're actually 
doing something to try to make us care about Lashley in a way, but after that, I just felt deflated. Like, okay. Yeah, so for me with the camera, I actually came across something funny on Twitter. Someone had a video of the cameraman actually doing the shaking, and then somebody said he was, like, crossing... He was crossing uh, Naomi and um, Sonya and Mandy up like Iverson in 2001. Like he was doing all this moving back and forth and all. Yeah, they're doing it on purpose. Like it's the first time people I really peeped it was the shield when the shield showed up on the scene. And then like the whole idea is, you know, um, the you know, to capture chaos. And so they shape the camera to give you unsteady feeling. Um, you know, there are there are movies that that capture that same thing to start to capture capture energy. The problem is they're doing it, they're shaking the camera so much to where like it's hard to focus on the object that you're looking at as a it's it's distracting to what you're supposed to be paying attention. It's pulling focus because it's so you know, it feels real Blair Witch project like <laughs> So um, Cena was out first. Uh, it's a huge response. I don't care. I miss Cena. Hope hope he uh, does a run. Uh, my first thought was, man, they better not boo John Cena and cheer Hogan. I swear to God. Uh, Cena was out on the mic. He said he didn't want to get left out of WrestleMania like last year. He said there was one match where he can grab his golden ticket, and then he entered himself in the Royal Rumble. Uh, went on to say in life there was nothing is given. Yeah, you must earn every inch. You know, and unless you're Hulk Hogan, where they just give you a special return, even though you're problematic as fuck. But um, never mind that. Drew McIntyre was out to confront Cena, and he was uh, talking about Cena. He said, I've waited for this moment for years, unlike everyone else. I don't care who you share your bed with or your haircut. He said, I don't give a damn about your six. And what I care about is your 16 world titles and that you've main evented WrestleManias. I care that Vince McMahon calls you the GOAT because I agree with him. And he said, John Cena, you are the greatest of all time. This man said this shit with Hogan in the building. The disrespect. (laughs) Um, From there, uh, he runs down all the people that he's been beating up. Angle, Ziggler, The Shield. And he called himself the most dangerous man in WWE. Said he's here for Cena. McIntyre looked like he belonged, I thought. Uh, Cena tried to throw him off a little bit and go off off book, but he just paused and recovered, so McIntyre didn't look like a dummy out there. So what would you guys think of uh, Drew here? Sierra? Um, I love Drew McIntyre. Like, I can never find anything wrong with him, and the way they brought him back into their company, like, we all some go back to NXT, and we're just like, okay, let me guess, he's going to be one of the many down there that's just been signed. And then he's up on the main roster, and he's, even though he doesn't even have the world title, he, he's, like, basically the main event player without the title. Like, the title shouldn't even exist at this point, because all the focus and attention really is on Drew don't. McIntyre. And the funny thing is, is like, you got this side situation with, like, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, and we're being told that they are, like, the big attraction, but it's, like, everybody's focused on Drew McIntyre and what Drew McIntyre is going to do, and it's, like, how can they even be, you know, attention-seeking or worthy when he's drawing all the heat and getting all the attention in such little time, and to have him go out there and do that promo against John Cena, which I really, really enjoyed because it had me sit there and go, yeah, you know about 11 years ago when they brought McIntyre up to the main roster and he was supposed to be the future? They were trying to pit him against John Cena. 
So it was kind of like, wow, this is full circle. Like, okay, back then I was a punk kid. I was green. I didn't go anywhere. I went to the Indies, <laughs> grew my hair even longer, got all this beard, and now I'm up here just beating everybody up. I mean, and grew some body hair. Yeah, yeah and, and and you're here. You're he glowed up. Yeah, like you're here. Yeah, the puberty thing really pins to this situation. You know, me back in 2008, me in 2019. Like, yeah, yeah. you're John Cena. You've had 16 world titles. You're trying to prove a point that you've already proved. Well, let me show you that I don't care what you are. You can be Kurt Angle too. Like, yeah. let me get you out of here. So I think that really did good. And honestly. I wouldn't be mad if they put them together in a Mania match. I wouldn't like, either. I mean, where can you? Where else can you go with Drew McIntyre at this point? Up, just keep going up. Just don't put him with Triple H, please. Oh my <laughs> god! I I, 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 I feel like uh, Triple H is kind of earmarked for AJ Styles, but uh, that's another thing. <laughs> please don't say that. I will be so mad. <laughs> I will call Dixie Carter. Like, that's how upset I would be. (laughs) So Cena uh, said he was feeling good, and, you know, there was a brawl, and then Drew came out, and then he got sad. Uh, He said, what's sad about this is I've heard the same shit every week, uh, and so much that I had to leave so y'all could shut up and think of a new promo. What makes you different than anyone else? Wow, John Cena chance from there. Drew basically says, they was all talk, but I'm going to show you. And um, Leo Rush came out and said Seth Rollins is going crazy. He's attacked us with a chair. It ain't Bobby's fault that he don't get no rematch. Uh, if something isn't done, we're going to get a lawyer. This is your friendly reminder that lawyer angles suck in wrestling. Uh, you guys are there to, to run it. So um, get no no points from me. Uh, so from there, Seth Rollins uh, puts Lashley in the jump zone and just appears on camera. And then Ambrose jumps out on Rollins, which is the more familiar uh, type type yeah. thing in WWE yes. lore. Ambrose jumping out yes. on Rollins. Uh, Speaking, seeing that we're just past Christmas spirit. Remember when he jumped out at a, at a uh, Christmas gift on that man? Yes. <laughs> All time moment. <laughs> so um, after that, all six of them got it started. Finn Balor got the big um, entrance with the music, big pop for the save. So I guess this is the, the renewed Finn Balor push uh, into the Royal Rumble. Let's see I, I guess. I guess. Yeah. It's, fun, it's funny now because now they only have what? This is now they have three weeks to get them over as opposed to last year when they had 10 fucking weeks. Yeah. But now that there's 10 weeks, you know, now that there's less time, now they want to push them. Go figure. Amazing. Um, I I really would like for in this year for them to move Ballard to SmackDown. Yes. Different roster. Yes. It's, it's Sasha talk, and Bailey too. Like I, I like Balor, but I just feel like on the Raw roster, there's so much clutter. It's like it's no room for him to breathe. Whereas on SmackDown, you got a lot of decent guys in the ring. But if you put him there, it's not going to be like, oh, Finn Balor's here. It's going to be like, oh, there's Finn Balor. Like you're going to pay attention, and in that talent pool on Raw, it's just so much that he doesn't fit. Yeah. At all, yeah. I also think that if they move him to SmackDown, they will actually give him something to do besides smile yeah. a lot. Yeah, and I mean, and he'd have any opponents probably. Totally, because I but mean, I, I think the main, SmackDown was a prime example of better opponents. Right, and I, I also think that the main thing is like Finn goes out there and he, him and Seth both rip it up on TV more times than not. I think the problem with 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 Balor is because 
they have uh, marginalized him to the point to where, like, all he does is come out and just have good TV matches that, you know, if they gave him more talking time, more time to actually give him give him reintroduce himself or kind of get reacquainted with the audience from the from a mic standpoint, besides like trying to get over the fight he's about to have like in five seconds, I think that you know if you give him another shot, maybe he can do better than you know. Honestly, the last time he really did was when he was with Seth in his you know his first few his first month before he hurt himself at SummerSlam 2016. Um, yeah, so from there we got that six man tag. Uh, Cena, Balor, and Rollins against Lashley, Rollins, and Ambrose. So Cena and Lashley were in until Balor got in. Immediately got the heat on Balor. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> like immediately. And then Mc- yes. McIntyre, Ambrose, and Lashley all took turns on him. Uh, Graves put over Lashley hard on commentary. Renee was saying Lashley's on the right path. And then James, you pointed out in the text message, Dean Ambrose was wearing a wallet chain. Yes, attached to nothing. There's no wallet. Like it's literally hooped, hooped from from belt from belt loop to belt loop. The man's literally posing out there. Wilding. Um, uh, from there, uh, Cena hit his comeback on Ambrose, hit him with an AA, and then McIntyre gave Cena a big headbutt called the Glasgow Kiss. So I guess that's yeah. the new name of that. Um, Ambrose. It, been, uh, Cole's been calling that for a while. Gotcha. This is the first time I really noticed it. Uh, okay. I actually like that name. Yeah. It's different. Yep. Um, so Ambrose was on Cena when we came back um, from lunch, or not lunch, um, from break. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, it, uh, there were a lot of uh, We Want Rollins chants. McIntyre had a spine buster on Cena, and Cena looked like he dropped Lashley on his head with an AA after that. Um, then all of a sudden, Dean Ambrose decided to lock in a sleeper, and I wrestled, grinding the match to a complete halt. Uh, we came back from break. Ambrose still had a sleeper on, except Cena was walking around with him on his shoulders. They hit the James Boy spot with a double clothesline. Uh, the Cena and Ambrose Balor hot tag, so it was it was sling blades for everybody. And then Seth uh, set Ambrose up for the coup de grass, or or excuse me, he set Ambrose Ambrose up for the coup de grass. And then um, you know he caught a claymore immediately. At this point, I like realized that Seth was like the big star of the match because. He hadn't been in like officially yet, and the crowd was like losing. I'm like, oh, okay, they're building this entire match around him, and I'm like, oh wow, yeah, like it, it's not Cena. Like, <laughs> so uh, from there, uh, Rollins gets in, uh, go goes nuts. Uh, the Seth Rollins hot tag is still a thing. Uh, you, you, you're leaving him out the the first half of the matches, so he just comes in, and does all the cool shit. So that's actually yeah. w- what's hot in these streets. Um, he had a moonsault off the second rope to the outside. He was flipping around, hit the Falcon Arrow. Crowd was losing it. Um, Cena saved Rollins uh, from getting that reverse flapjack move uh, that McIntyre does, and everyone hit their moves. Rollins missed a f- big frog splash on uh, McIntyre. Uh, then all of a sudden, Rollins and Ambrose were in there. It was real quick. Stomp, one, two, three was over. And then Cena, like, raised both those guys' hands. Like, he was giving them the cosign, essentially. Uh, I really like this yeah. match. Yes, very good match. Sierra, any, any, any thoughts? No, not really. I mean, it was a good match, but, like... <laughs> How many of these we've seen? Okay, so many. And... I don't know if you guys have seen me say this on Twitter or not, but I am so tired of Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose at this point. Like, I'm just, I'm tired. 
I feel like that is I feel like that is the entire fan base's uh, feeling on this whole thing. Like I like nothing against the individuals as performers. I like them both. But this feud is ass. <laughs> two, I'm just so tired of this combination with them two. It's like it reminds me to like okay, several years ago when we had John Cena and Edge all the fucking time. Then we had Randy Orton and John Cena. Then we had Randy Orton and whoever else that he was obsessed with at the current time. And it just it feels so much like that. Like a couple years ago, who we had it was Seamus and Alberto Del Rio. There's Del Rio, and Del Rio, Ziegler Christian and Randy Orton, like. It's it feels like that because it you know at first when it f- first started it was like oh okay this is fine but now it's at the point where I'm just like I don't I don't like this I didn't like this from the beginning can we just stop and they're going to keep milking this cow and it's going to go through all the way through mania and it's I'm just tired of this combination please I think fix they this. need to take a couple years off from Rollins and Ambrose they've done it like once a year move I think them to separate rosters I, I just think- do it. And I think this is the only time it's ever come up short, like, to be fair. It's always yeah. been exciting, typically, and they've always uh, kind of redefined whatever gimmick match they were in at the time. But this time just wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think with this situation is that beforehand you had Seth Rollins as the heel and you had Dean Ambrose as the babyface. Now you have Dean Ambrose as the heel and you got Seth Rollins as the babyface, well-liked babyface. Everyone loves him, loves seeing Seth Rollins in the ring. But they are doing this whole thing with Dean Ambrose where they're kind of making him seem like he's gone psycho a bit. They got the sirens and stuff going. And like I told you guys, every time I hear the sirens, I think it's Scott Steiner. God damn it. I knew you were about to say that. I'm like, I I'm always like, Scott, now, come on now. Like, we, we don't need this shit. Like, leave us alone. But then I realized it's Dean Ambrose. Because... I've been trained in wrestling. When I hear sirens, it's Scott Steiner. Correct. If it's not Scott Steiner, if I hear sirens again, it's Perry Saturn. I don't have time for it to be anybody else but those two. <laughs> and it's just—it's just not good booking. They got Renee Young sitting on commentary, looking like she doesn't even know her own husband. It's just—it's really bad altogether. And they're doing the same thing on SmackDown with Rusev and Lana, like. Like the husband doesn't pay attention or care about the wife. It's terrible booking. It's not good. Hey man, we didn't tell her to say none of this. So, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm unfiltered. I don't care. So, if you read my shit, you will know I don't care. Never have. Never have. Um, after that, so Triple H was on camera with Sasha and Bailey for some reason, and then Seth Rollins was pissed, like, you ain't see see this, uh, you fucker? Like, all this, you know, this, this stuff I was doing, this win I just got? Uh, he walks back, storms off, all angry. Seth is throwing a temper tantrum. Slaps Triple, H, Triple H's coffee out of his hand. Said he wants Ambrose, he wants the IC title, and he wants it tonight. <clears throat> Triple H said, you got it. Uh, tonight, falls count anywhere, and, you know, he motivated this this geek. Yeah, like this dude two years ago totally dominated his feud, um, and then like he put him over at the end by losing to him after like kicking his ass from 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 hither to yon in that feud verbally and physically. Then 
then we move on and now he's the guy motivating and pushing buttons because they baby faced the McMahons three weeks ago. And and now and now after, you know, the whole thing was being the king slayer, he slayed the king, and now he's like he's just living and dying with this trying to get this fucker's approval. I, I just taking orders from the king. I just don't I mean uh, why does everybody have to kiss the freaking man ring like they did not do this 20 years ago with Austin Austin was kicking Vince's ass in every or every other week seemingly or rock was kicking in Vince McMahon whoever the top baby face you're pushing at the time was kicking in a big man or a man proxies ass in every single week now it's you know, I'm get you know, this and man try you know, slapping AJ Styles get try to show that edge that attitude and I'm gonna get it. Like I just like if you're gonna baby face them and they say they're not gonna meddle, then don't meddle, sit the fuck on the sideline and basically be what Paige was um before y'all came in here to start doing stuff. Oh, or be shame. <clears throat> like bro. Or be shame. Because Shane, Shane's not in the, I mean, eventually Shane's about to wrestle and is getting in the way, but like when he's not like doing an angle, he's perfectly fine. He comes out, he does a little dance, he comes out and says, we're giving opportunities to people, and, you know, if there's a bad finish because the heel did something ridiculous or, there was a, or, or the ref is incompetent, we're going to run it back. Like, that's all I really want out of my authority, you know, figure. I don't need the extra stuff of, I need to motivate you. Hey, man, you cutting checks to this dude, let him do his job. If he ain't, get rid of him, move him off to the other brand. Sure, let him go to AEW. Um, After that, uh, all of a sudden, Hulk Hogan was on the screen, and people fucking cheered. Uh, Supposedly, there were boos underneath, but I didn't hear them. Uh, There there was very low boos. Very uh, low boos. Personally, I I wouldn't have been shocked had a riot broken out if somebody started trying to go the other way. Um, (laughs) So... um, after that, uh, they showed the Gene Oakland tweets from everyone, and yes, they used this death to put Hulk Hogan on TV. Um, he came out, big, big pop, um, and they got the 10-bell salute for Gene Oakland. Um, Hogan was out. He was cheered. Loud Hogan chants. This is bullshit, the entire thing. That's what I'm thinking this entire time this is going on. I was overcome with anger when I was watching it, and... I just wanted to watch me and Gene Oakland, but Hogan fucked up like the whole feeling for me. Uh, Hogan came out there and said he was in character because uh, that's how Gene Oakland would have wanted it. Uh, he loved entertaining the fans, loved entertaining more than he did, and said, let's look at his greatest moments. And this was like 25 seconds, and then they played like a four-minute Gene Oakland video. I rewatched the video uh, today. It was awesome. Um, he said, you guys see what yep. I mean? He was one of, one of a kind. I can speak for the WWE Universe, the wrestlers, me and Gene, we love you. Uh, being out here without Gene, he's not here, but he's in my heart, and he loves Gene Oakland. Thank you, me and Gene Chance. Um, Hogan then breaks into complete cartoon gimmick, and um, he asks what we want him to do. Uh, my answer was not be a motherfucking racist, but... Um, he breaks into his old promo. Let me tell you something. Me and Gene, the Angels are singing Tutti Fruity. You're putting together a tag match with Savage and Warrior and Piper and Perfect. And Andre the Giant's referee with uh, Heenan and Monsoon calling commentary. You got a choice between Moolah and Mae Young up there or something. And what you going to do when me and Gene O'Mania uh, run, runs wild on you? I was boiling, bro, by this point. And I was just ready to yell at the world. Um, I, and every time I think about it, I get angry all over again that they had to subject us to this shit. Like, uh, I, 
okay, so I really liked, I really loved the the Gene video um, segment. As far as like the Hogan thing, um, if that if if you were a person that just weren't um, put off, totally put off by it, um, Hogan, you know, Hogan looked, Hogan did pretty good. Um, as far as not making as trying as best he can while being Hogan, not to make it about himself, um, compared to what he's done in his run or since he came back in 2013, 14 ish, whatever that year, whatever time that was, yeah. that time frame was. So, um, he did a relatively good job. I, I hope every, the next time I see him on TV, it'll be too soon, but whatever. Um, now, as far as him coming out there and saying, um, you know, I, I came out here in full Hogan gimmick because that's the way uh, Gene uh, Gene would have wanted it. It made me think like so. Oh, so like me and Gene always like always wanted the ten inch, <laughs> always like the ten inch Hogan penis. Huh? That's what he wanted. Huh? Okay, cool, great. So, that Gawker, that Gawker, that Gawker testimony is just unbelievable, just man. It's just it's just, just otherworldly. I. I, I I think it's a um, <clears throat> it was an awful move uh, as I wrote my column. They were trying to sell us the Hulk Hogan redemption story through Gene Oakland. He was another step through it. Um, of course, they rolled him back in the Crown Jewel. This is just another part of it. They were hawking merchandise uh, earlier on Twitter and just got ratioed to death uh, when they were doing that. I never felt more vindicated in my life. When, when, but then when they put that that tweet up, like as far as long as I've been writing wrestling columns and calling shit that's gonna happen and what's really happening and holding up the mirror on motherfuckers, like couldn't couldn't have felt better about it. Sierra, you got any thoughts on like this Hogan return? The the I have a couple, and the first one is I hate how this return of Hogan has overshadowed the fact that. The wrestling world, regardless if it's indie, um, overseas, or, or televised, has lost Mean Gene Okerlund. Like, that's a big part of practically everyone's childhood. Regardless if you watch WWF, or you watch WCW, or you watch old tapes from the territories, like, Mean Gene Okerlund was a staple in wrestling. Like, when you heard that voice, you knew who it was immediately without him saying his name. And the fact that they used that time of his death. And I understand Hogan and Mean Gene had a years, years, years long friendship. And, of course, being friends with somebody over 30 years, you're going to want to say something on their behalf. Like, you know, you would expect that. But I hate that they used that moment for, say, oh, he passed. It, It might soften up the blow, bringing Hogan in. And it's like. I don't give a damn if 1,200 people died in one fucking second. I'm not accepting Hogan to say and speak on anybody's behalf because you're basically telling me that in the shadow of his death that I'm supposed to just excuse what he said a few years ago on tape. Not only on tape, but he's said plenty of things over the years in books and on television that has made me like, huh, I don't know if Hogan likes all of us. <laughs> in a way you know what i'm saying like i remember reading a book he wrote with wwe back in when i was in the seventh grade and some of the things he would say even though this was published through wwe that i felt uncomfortable because i remember thinking like why is he speaking in this way in a book and i'm sitting here reading this not only as a woman but as a woman of color 
but it's clear that they don't care they just want those big ratings and then on top of that what really bothered me with that promo mind you here's the thing when he came on the screen i saw something red and yellow i said we're not fucking doing this satan i zoned out and then I heard him bring up Moolah. And I said, oh, great. The racist is going to bring up with a parent sex offender. That's that's great. That's that's what I really need right now. Like, you to make light of these allegations that she's been accused of for decades. And I'm supposed to just be okay with this. Mind you, WWE has apparently forgot the controversy they had last year at Mania involving Moolah. Like... To me, that really was not only a slap into people of color's face, but that was a slap into women's face. Because you had this man having sex with a woman on videotape. You had him reference a woman that apparently pimped out her students, stole money from them, and did all kinds of horrible things in the shadows of Mean Gene passing. That is completely disrespectful to not only to the fans, but to Mean Gene Oakland's legacy. I'm not going to disagree with you at all um, there. And I, I imagine that this Hogan thing was scripted to a T um, that and the, the control freaks, they were, they are the margin for error with Hogan. This had to like, had gone through so many hands. I don't think Hogan went off book. No, I don't either. Um, but yeah, after that, um, <clears throat> whatever moving on um Rude and gable were out next i i didn't even really want to even watch the rest of the show but i soldiered through for for all you guys that are well, listening to this show uh we got Rude and gable versus the revival crowd was silent during this match i thought folks were just shell-shocked on the uh hogan stuff they really pulled a fast one uh, i think they're emotionally i think they were emotionally spent because this was a really good match yeah, um, it, it ended up with a roll up of Gable um, rolling up Dawson, and he won even though their feet were on the ropes. They must be turning Gable and Rude and getting the revival uh, revved up for uh, being baby faces. And you know they had the hashtag FTR on their trunks, so there are no coincidences, everybody, uh, with this renewed push in the revival. They're they're out here subverting the empire. <laughs> FTR, like they don't know what that means. It's like, it, and they just they're just letting get, get the message, the subliminal message through, or not subliminal, but like you know, just the on the little message out. It's like, look, soon. Yep. I don't know when soon is. We don't know how to, where these contracts end, but soon. Uh, hell, that damn three fourths of that match is probably a uh, AEW special. They didn't get their hands on them. You know, Chad oh, Gable can, can go too. Um, yeah. So after that, they announced uh, they showed a graphic for Elias and Baron Corbin, which is a goddamn nightmare of a matchup. And I was just oh, that was that was oh. And this is where the air comes out the balloon. So I, I tweeted at this time, and it was funny. I was like. So they're they have these WWE PC guys in this match that they're pushing and they're showing the video packages of all the NXT folks. I was like, do you see these people are getting matches on Monday Night Raw and these people think they're going to sign Kenneth Omega? No, (coughs) no, it's not happening. So lots of chops, uh, mule kick, clothesline over the ropes. Elias went to the top and he literally fell on Barry, um, on Baron Corbin on the outside. He looked more unathletic than Becky Lynch uh, when he did oh. that move. 
Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, he didn't jump off. He fell off. Right. Um. Like he 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 basically scooted off of the off of the top rope and fell. And I mean, I think, I think that might be the do that might have to something to do with like the fact that he's so big that like if you know, try to try to not jump as high so that like when you come down, there's less impact on yeah. your joints or, or maybe person who got to catch you or something. Or maybe. just don't do it. There's always that. And look, and look, and look. Later, later in the show, we'll get to you know. Just don't do it if 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 it's gonna you know lesser the or lower the match. So we'll get to that later. So uh, Graves said that he doesn't know why uh, Corbin doesn't get credit uh, when he was in the NFL and he won uh, the Golden Gloves. Uh, I was like, well, Graves, you see, he has no ability or talent uh, as a as, as an in ring competitor. So that's that's kind of why Graves. No. Nah. I'd have been. Oh, I, my thought was well. It's because like that stuff means he's a good. He's a he's a good or great athlete. Um, however, he only showcases the athleticism while not ever being good at having matches, and that's a problem for a wrestling company that puts on wrestling matches. <laughs> like. I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe you know. Disconnect. You should think about that part. He's not good at wrestling, so maybe that's the reason why he's not getting credit for not being good at wrestling. Okay, but but also remember, this is the same man that got rolled up by Austin Aries at NXT like several years ago, and they never capitalized off of that or made any sense of that. <laughs> Went right to the main roster after. Just went right to the main roster. No explanation. No. no nothing. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just like this strange jump, like, oh he's bald now and he's wearing suits. Okay. Oh yeah. Like, so noted that we got CM Punk chance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I got you. Um so Corbin got the heat. He got you got fired chance. Um, that too. Elias hit a V trigger when Corbin jumped onto him with a flying nothing. Uh, this match was just bowling shoe ugly, as Jim Ross would say. They just hit each other with forearms, punches, clotheslines, and the dreaded CM Punk chance came out, which is like the first like loud ass CM Punk chance I've heard in ages. Uh, end of days, and Corbin got the win over Elias. So my thought was, wow, we can chant for CM Punk, but not boo Hulk Hogan. Great. Um, <clears throat> but also with those same chants, um, it's 2019. Can y'all stop with the CM Punk chants? Like, it's, come on, y'all. It's like almost, what, a decade? It feels like at this point, let it go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that dude's done. <laughs> let I, it go. See, I, I don't think it's actually them chanting for CM Punk to come back. Like, those things are just a protest. Whenever there's some whack shit on the screen. Yeah, but chant something else. Like, like, we're chanting for a dude that hasn't been here in years. It's like, okay, imagine going to a wrestling show, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody, and they start a chant for Sid Vicious. You're going to be like, what? Nah, you know what this is? Is is CM Punk the modern super dragon chant? Oh, God. Okay, so Sierra, you're right about that. And I thought, like, about a week ago that, like, the chant that was going to replace CM Punk for the time being was going to be AEW. And it, it, it's it's it, it's gonna happen one of these it's weeks. It's coming. Yeah, I was I thought it was gonna happen on um, tonight, but apparently they said let's put on the show so damn good that we don't get we don't get shat on. But here's the thing: I, I love that everybody's excited about this new company thing, but. I'm going to be laughing my ass off by June if everybody hates this company because everybody's so excited. And it's just like, y'all, they ain't even had a show yet. <laughs> Chill. Like, wearing shirts, merchandise, everything. It's just, it's a lot of excess. 
Yeah, I oh, thought about getting an AEW shirt, but I was like, look, I can't be putting a promotion on my chest. It's 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 like, it's, it's too <laughs> much. It's like nah, that's here's the thing, like yes, all it's in was a all in was a great show. Okay, nothing against that, but it's just like I feel like as fans, especially online fans, we take it too far. We put too much pressure on a product that hasn't even happened yet. Or we have these expectations, and then when the show happens, everybody's like, oh, man, this is so boring. Why did they say sign this person? And it's like, if you set yourself up for that, you're going to be let down. Like, just freaking relax. <laughs> it's wrestling. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very excited for AEW, so I can't front. So I have a feeling I'm going to hate their fan base more than the New Japan fans. I have a feeling. Hold on, which New Japan fans? Oh god! Oh, there's there's a distinct one. Like, oh, yes. oh yes, yes. Okay, explain. So, like, there's like the 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 psychos that um, like the Naito stands, uh, which are usually they're really loud and really wrong about <laughs> about you know <laughs> the things that, that happened. Then there's like the Western imports. Then there's just like the people that parachute in. Then there's like obviously the Japanese side, which we really don't have any connection to, and know what they um, really right. are, you know, on. But yeah, there's there, there's a lot of cross sections of of, of every uh, fan base. So I don't know if we've uh, ever detailed <laughs> the FDS for you, but uh, we'll do that another time, Sierra. Yeah, yeah. Because don't get me yelling about how some of them be asking for the dumbest things. <laughs> yep. So after that, speaking of dumb things, um, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman uh, oh, were up God. next. So uh, Braun Strowman was out. <clears throat> he put the mic down and yelled for Lesnar, get out here. Heyman was like, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. He's the advocate, blah, blah, blah. Strowman and uh, Brock were on a split screen, and these dudes just stared at each other. Um, and I wrote in my notes, where is the new era? What What is this show? Like at this point, uh, he said, uh, uh, Heyman said, I know you were brought up as a monster. I know how much money was spent uh, to hype this match up. And then he starts going on about the card being subject to change, which is only WWE speak. Uh, no other promotion does that. Um, <laughs> saying they have the right to rip you off. Uh, and this is exactly what they did to the audience. And he said, uh, Brock being back here is for your benefit, Strowman. And if Brock came down to get those hands, he wouldn't have an opponent. Uh, just more ho shit that they're doing with Lesnar. Um, Strowman was like, hey, Beastie Boy, I'm waiting. I'm standing in the ring waiting for you. And then Brock laughed at him and said, that's it. And there was this long, awkward uh, pause, like Strowman forgot his lines or something. And he said, come get in my face. Uh, Heyman and Brock were laughing backstage and said, next. And that's the best you got. And Strowman basically said, Brock don't want to win him. Brock says, fuck it. Hands um, Heyman the belt and walks out there. Brock circled the ring and never got in and left. Both of them looked like jackasses. This was an atrocious segment that made neither one of them look like main event level wrestlers. Um, Brock is probably the most inconsistent performer based on what they do with him. I've probably ever seen like they can do these things where he's there for absolutely no reason. And then he can come out there and do like the Daniel Bryan match or (laughs) something like that. And or a pull apart. Right. 
and then or like he'll or her or he'll rip off a car door and then and then hurl it into the audience. And I think with Strowman, this is like the first instance of this not being a hot program. He's not hot as a wrestler right now, and this is the first instance of all the damage that they've done to him over the years coming back to bite and all the times that he was supposed to win the title that he was the hottest guy going into SummerSlam 2017 going into No Mercy going into the Royal Rumble 2018 going into the uh, Elimination Chamber 2018 going into WrestleMania before uh, WrestleMania 33 he was really hot and all he has been is kneecapped for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at every turn and when you had to finally turn to this dude all of a sudden y'all gonna look up and be like oh shit the people ain't with him but no motherfuckers you shouldn't have beat this dude because y'all had um, Brock on reserve uh, for Roman so Lesnar's role or excuse me Strowman's role was to lose to both of those guys over and over and over and over and eventually the fans picked that up and once the fans like realize that the promotion actually doesn't care about these people and it doesn't matter how loud you cheer for Braun Strowman. It doesn't matter how many merch shirts you buy to get these hands. It doesn't matter um, how much you just support this dude in his matches, in his segments. When you realize he doesn't have a path to the top, you can't be on top anymore. And that's the WWE's fault. I completely agree with you with that, but my thing is, like I said a long time, their mistake was even putting them towards the freaking top. <laughs> you, you can't, you gotta think about it. Braun Strowman came from being in a stable with Bray Wyatt, as goofy as that got to be in its end. And then all of a sudden he's out here talking about get these hands and he's going after Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and it's just like, wow, the transition. Wow, like, they didn't give fans enough time to actually accept that he was there. And then when we did accept it, they took it away because I honestly feel like they knew back then that this was not the guy they wanted to go for. Because look at it. If they did, you know, push the button on him several months ago, you never know. It might have deflated and be like this as it is right now. And then at this point, they will be sitting there like, well, gee, who are we going to put against Brock Lesnar now? You know, Roman Reigns is out. This whole situation with Braun Strowman didn't work. So who are we going to use? They will be scrambling right now. So that's the downside of always hot-shotting these guys that they know are only temporary fixes and trying to make them permanent. Because I think it's freaking mind-boggling of all the talent you have on that main roster that Braun Strowman is the guy you picked to go against Brock Lesnar. And yes, Brock Lesnar nowadays is not so technically sound <laughs> like he was in 2002. But my thing is, it's like all of those guys you could put in there, like Shinsuke Nakamura, anybody with Brock Lesnar and give him a decent showing you choose a guy that is just as big, just as bulky, just as slow, and not technically sound as him. And that it comes down to Vince McMahon. One, he's Strowman is still in the same position that he's always in. <clears throat> he's, yeah. he's a setup guy for Lesnar to go over, and then the real person that's going to fight Brock after gets the match after. Like it looks like it's going to be Rollins. So instead of being set up for Reigns, uh, Strowman is doing the setup for Rollins. 
Yeah, because they're definitely going to go with Rollins versus Lesnar again. Because they, they're already tagging onto that. And it's, it's they're beating dead horses at this point. And it's, it's nonsensical to me because they have so many great stars on that roster. They could be utilizing. But instead, it's like, let's go to the same well again. And it's honestly, if Brock Lesnar was to leave after this year, I would not be shocked. Because it, look at what he's been getting for the past, like, two years. Just nothing. Nothing, you know, that substantiates that he should have came back. Jack. You know? Yeah, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to try to, like, pick up all the stuff that I that I thought of while, um, while y'all were laying out, you know, how y'all feel. Um, okay, so for me, as far as this is segment, like, this is a classic example of these guys are the bookers and by being the bookers, they are supposed to um, protect people. They're supposed to accentuate um, strengths and hide weaknesses. This thing over this thing exposed Strowman for being one dimensional and being the meat, the meat, does he call himself a meat castle, meat shack, whatever the hell, or sorry, Roman calls himself a calls him a meat shack. He calls himself a meat castle. Okay, either whatever, whatever meat housing thing you want to call, uh, you want to call him, whatever they call, he calls himself. This exposes him as being just a just a dumb monster, as opposed to, um, for one, they know that he that he's not cleared yet, so he can't do anything physical, so. They want him to talk and to rile up the crowd or whatever else. But then at the same time while that's happening, he forgot his line, which is that's on him. You got to remember your line, Strowman. Yeah. But to have had the backstage deal and for him to and for to Heyman and Lesnar to both basically NWO cool heels, twiddle your thumbs in front of the in front of the, the the baby face or whatever to make yourself cool like that. I I found that too. Like you sandbagged on this dude. And then continue with the thing where they go out there and he circles the ring and he goes back out there. It's like we've seen that like seven or eight times from from Lesnar over the past uh, five years or or six years, whatever else. Like, dude, just stale. Like Lesnar stale. He's still they're still trying to push him like he um, like a heel that doesn't really give a shit about the fans or doing anything. And then Strowman's out there and Strowman's been gone for for a while. Um you know, he's really only he's, this is the second time on TV since he got you know the injury angle, or whatever else, like the night after uh, Survivor Series, and also this is the third iteration of this of, of Lesnar versus Strowman. So like, and it's and it so like we're kind of we, we are absolutely over this, and this is you know this is like you have made Raw into the land you know where the big boys play, and you and you pushed Strowman and Roman and and Lesnar. And Lesnar's, you know, absentee champion most more times than not. And Roman is now gone. And you protected Strowman to be literally the monster that puts over the two top guys, as you as y'all mentioned earlier. So now that he's in he's in a spot to where like now it's the guy that you that you had um, the two top guys beat left and right versus the top guy. Gee, I wonder how that's going to go. So. Like people, people are over it now because you had you passed the peak with Strowman multiple times, and man, I, that you, man you just resurrected himself more than Michael Myers. Yeah, and at this point, it's like you eventually it was going to catch up with you to where this was, you know, this is inevitable, and then you just like you can't pass it. Now we're let's say we're at a point to where 
He's toast, or he may be toast. Um, we'll see what they come up with at Royal Rumble or whatever they do in the next, you know, meeting or whatever else before they get to Royal Rumble to build it. But this this looks this looks really bad for for um this looks really bad. Yep. So we got uh, Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox oh, in the Sings were in the ring. Uh, he said, "Before I obliterate Apollo Cruz, I want everyone to find <laughs> tranquility." So maybe um, Jinder Mahal was watching Tetsuya Naito. Um, after that, uh, Alicia began shanting very aggressively. Jinder told her to chill, and then he started getting cheap heat on the crowd. Remember when they pushed this dude on top as the WWE champion for six months? Do y'all remember that? Briefly. <laughs> and as, as fast as I said it, that's how brief it was. Briefly. <laughs> um, he asked where the hell he was in Orlando, yuck, so more cheap heat. He said uh, the crowd did not deserve to meditate with the... And then Ember Moon's music thankfully hit. So we got Apollo Crews and Ember Moon uh, against Jinder and Alicia. I thought we were done with the mixed match challenge matches, but... Um, apparently not. So Alicia Russell with the jacket on, which was fly. Uh, and I noticed everyone else in this match is really athletic except gender. So <laughs> um, after that, it was an eclipse, and then Alicia sold, and it was curtains. And Apollo looks like he's been in the gym dropping like 10 to 15 pounds and, and keeping his muscle at the same time. So he's trying to get a push. Apollo also had rock gear on. I don't really have much much to say except for like this is a really quick match and they got him out of there. Yeah. I mean, maybe Apollo Cruz is trying to get back to the point where he was doing moon salts in four fifty, so Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gotta do something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, after all he is now like what, the with Strowman out and also with uh with Roman going, was he like the fourth baby face in the damn brand? Yeah. They got you know, he's gotta be the, the the other baby face man everybody's heels yep so alexa was out uh you know because we got to push her even though she can't wrestle anymore um ronda was out uh they showed a video package of her first year they showed her on a bunch of tv shows i don't know if that was all last year but they didn't show becky whooping that ass though um so we got back to it uh becky chance and then Rhonda just kind of paused and composed herself and said, this year has been extraordinary. She wants to look forward and not back, wants to be a champ we can be proud of, and she wants to chase after her limits with a vengeance. And there's one woman that's pushed the whole locker room to their limits that's more athletic than Charlotte, more of an underdog than Becky, the real Rocky Balboa of WWE, Sasha Banks. I popped when she said that because I'm like, oh, wow, this is the Sasha Banks reclamation project. We can pull her out of the mothballs. Uh, question, question. Can you go over the lines of how she of the of the, the, the words and sentences she used to describe Sasha Banks? Can you go over that one more time for me, please? Yeah, I think she said more athletic than Charlotte and more. She's not. And no one, no one ever say that. But go ahead. And more of an underdog than Becky. Um. Okay. I mean, that's debatable. I, I'm, 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 she's a four-time champion. I've never looked at Sasha Banks as an underdog. But look, go ahead. This woman has called herself the boss for years. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. What was it? What was the third one? The the real Rocky Balboa of WWE. Okay, I, I, I think that's what she said. So I, I, I think these. Okay, so maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe these are really just digs at Becky and Charlotte as opposed to 
actually thinks she really believes and either like either way this was not a this was not a good statement but continue yeah so so, so ronda was pretty much done from there um so nia Jax came out and she was coughing and said uh wow it sounds like ronda has a girl crush on sasha banks so seth is getting a rematch i want one too and i was like you weren't the champion like <laughs> exactly um, you just you just fucking lost yeah so after that, the boss came out. Um, she said it would be her pleasure to teach Ronda how to lose with dignity in class. And then um, Nia got in her face and said she is a 300.5 ounce Samoan that can rip her face off. Aside from the fact that that's like not the right like. Yeah, that's like 18 pounds. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Sasha all of a sudden says, bitch, what line? Which just like. Yes. Yeah, I, I exploded uh, when, yes. <laughs> when, when, when she said that. Yes, so Sasha Banks came out there and saved Alexa Bliss, no, a person that's been noted for being a good talker and personality. It saved her from, like, what, her, her I don't know what number of bad, terrible talking segment that she's, like, had to choose at the, at, the, uh, at the steering wheel for in Helm. It's like, okay, like, do, do you get on base, yes or no? Yeah. Like, Bitch, it's cool to be a good talker. It's another thing to like when these bad segments keep adding up on you. So the the bitch what line thing got immediately like vined and looped up and thrown on Twitter and it's, it's going to live forever. Uh, Sierra, what do you think of all this? Well, honestly, I did not have a problem with this segment at all. And you guys know I'm <laughs> totally not for Ronda Rousey at all. And it's mainly due to past actions and stuff. Nothing to do with her wrestling career. Um, Alexa Bliss, I'm not really keen on her wrestling. But I don't actually hold that against her. Because, like, you know, Baron Corbin and so many others in that roster. She was in NXT for a hot second. And was thrown on the main roster. And had to swim. They do. With all these big sharks And it was completely unfair to her And it's still unfair to her That she's floundering While everybody else is progressing And going way past her And I like that they've given her Kind of like her own talk show thing Mm -hmm. It's different Because here's the thing like A lot of people don't like when she talks I actually don't have a problem with her talking because when you look at her, you get that snarky, bitchy, snotty attitude from her. And she plays it up so well. And they always bring it up on commentary that she's practically like the female Corey Graves. So if you're going to have Renee Young, who is, you know, quote unquote, baby face and is always nice to everyone, you got to have the bitch. That's the opposite of her That hates everyone Has no bias Does not care to be friends with anyone You have to have that in wrestling Because if you don't have that It's not going to help dynamics When it comes to women It's always going to be like I don't like you and you don't like me Because you wear butterfly clips And I don't It's always going to be like that If you don't have that dynamic in there That's like I hate all of you Even the nice ones I don't care and the problem I had with this segment is I love Nia Jax. I really do. But they have given my girl complete shit. And it's really disappointing to me how they've done her in the past several weeks. Like, the build up towards her going against Ronda Rousey, that was good. 
they were really making people be like, damn, Nia Mike can beat Ronda. And then she gets beat, and then we don't see her. They don't reference it. They don't acknowledge it. The next week, they move on with Ronda going against Natalia. Like, nothing happened. And then she comes out the shadows, and she's going at her and it's Sasha Banks. And it's just like, if this is how we're going to go around to get Sasha Banks going against Ronda, we could have used somebody else. Like, for heaven's sakes, Natalia. See, I think the she idea just is that they had pushed her so hard, and I hate to even give them any type of credit for continuity. Nia did turn on her at Survivor Series. I, right. I think this is completely unrelated, but uh, if, if we want to invent the storylines ourselves, we can point at that. <laughs> right. Like, if you're going to go with continuity, I get it. But what I'm saying is, you cannot go with continuity and then for like months we don't even think about that situation we separated them too the past couple of weeks all they've been talking about when it comes to sasha banks and bailey is the tag team titles they've completely isolated those two from being in single situations it's the same thing with ember moon they've been teaming her up with other people Nia Jackson and Tamina have been basically a tag team. They've isolated them all off into their own situation. So when she comes out there and she's talking about she wants another title shot, it's just like, wait, what What are we focused on? Are we focused on the women's tag team titles? <laughs> Everybody wants a shot at Ronda? Like, what is going on with this booking? It's so yo-yoing. It's they, not good. It's, like it's they, not they helping pulled, any of them. They pulled Sasha out of nowhere with like, and mind you, Sasha hasn't had a title shot since like No Mercy of 2017. Right. That was like in a five-woman match. So it was, four, was it a five-way or was it a four-way? I think it was a five-way. Okay, I know. Okay, so the Alexa, uh, Bailey, who just had just came back from getting hurt, took the pin in that match. Uh, Mickey. Sasha, Mickey was in there. Okay, so it was a five way. Okay, okay, but here's my thing. I I like that they brought Sasha Banks back into the fold because honestly, it's time. Yep. Like she needs it's she's too good to be sitting around and just hanging out with Bailey at this point. I love Bailey, but them being single stars works so much better for both of them, and it's not helping them being saddled together. If they had pulled this with Sasha Banks and Nia Jax. The week after that women's tournament that was so good on Raw, I would have liked it better. But instead, it feels like that happened two months ago. And we've moved on past it. They've been talking about the women's tag team titles and Natalia versus Ronda. And it's like, when you see Sasha come out there and you're just like, oh, yeah, she did get far in the tournament. Like, you know, they haven't helped really want fans when they watch Raw to actually care about the women's division besides Ronda. Yeah. That's because it. that's the only thing they're concerned about. Yeah. And all everybody's really worried about when it comes to Mania or Royal Rumble is Becky Lynch going against Ronda. It's nobody else matters. It that's that's the sad part of it. This is yeah, and this is the problem when they have that division and the same thing with the tag division where they're only focused on the champion and the challenger, and then nothing else matters. There's nothing. There's no quote unquote mid card feud or whatever. Which also, and that's the reason why there's it looks the way it looks on the tag division side and also on the women's side, where like 
you pull out a random woman from one from one week to another, they get like a three week program, and then like they're just off TV. Like where was the Riot Squad this week? Yeah, completely yeah. just missing. Missing nothing. Have nothing to do. Because yeah. I mean, because honestly, I know people are excited for these tag team title things that's supposedly supposed to be happening, but it, it feels like we're going to be seeing a lot of these groups like the Riot Squad. We didn't see Billy Kay and Peyton Royce or oh, yeah, any of yeah. those. They're all going to disappear until this thing eventually happens. Yeah. So I think what I think what the idea is is that. Sasha goes out there and gets over in her match against Ronda and loses and then takes that energy from her having getting, you know, getting hand claps after losing to Ronda or something like that into like becoming the tag, the woman, the first woman tag champs with, with Bailey in at WrestleMania or in the tournament immediately after uh, Royal Rumble or whatever else. I think that's what their idea is. The problem is like if you're going to spotlight her at the second biggest show of the year, she's going to get over. N- Maybe, just maybe, I don't know, give her some fucking wins on television to, uh, to actually build her up as a credible threat as opposed to, oh, she beat Nia in a terrible match. Or better yet, when this match happens, when the outcome happens, because, of course, they're going to have Ronda retain. Um, you know, I'm not dumbfounded by that right, right, prediction. Right, right. Anybody right. under no illusions here. Sasha <laughs> Banks turn heel? Yeah. Yeah. Or, get have, the hell, or get the hell away from Raw. Have her turn heel, and I would even go this far to say, have Bailey turn heel. They both need a change in progress, like right now. That's, like that's still the reason I, I hold out hope for Sasha because she can always turn. Like and Bailey, I mean, baby, she's the lovable baby face. Everybody loves her, to, you know, boss and hug connection. But I feel like if Bailey pulled now, it might not be as good as Becky Lynch. But if Bailey changed her character <laughs> completely when no one expected it, like that could Pearl do something. For, yeah, like okay, for instance, say Sasha Banks loses this match to Ronda Rousey. Bailey comes out there. You think she's going to give Sasha a hug and dap her and be like, "All oh, girls, all right," and she just slaps the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm tired of supporting you. Just completely change the dynamic it will change things but i don't think they're going to go that far because yeah it's wwe yeah yeah you know they're saving this you know there's you know they're you're eventually saving sasha and bailey for wrestlemania so yeah yeah you know and i mean if you're going to do becky and ronda why not sasha and bailey no i'm joking because that was a talk about what they were doing at, at royal oh, rumble yeah. and then elimination chamber and then time came and, and then we got to wrestlemania and they're and then they're you know teasing dissension at the on the pre-show and they eliminate each other and then they and then they tease like they're gonna break up or, or, or turn on each other one another mm-hmm. for, for weeks and months or whatever else and then they decided let let's just let's just become a lame tag team within a division with no tag belts for the rest of the year. That's, that's basically what they did. Well, see, here's the thing. I, I'm holding out hope that it will be on the pre-show. <laughs> Their singles match. Because I know they're not going to put on the main show. Right. And yeah, I, I'm glad. Uh, I, I am glad that Sasha gets to uh, wrestle against Ronda because I thought they were hiding Ronda away from, you know, Sasha, Bailey. And, they were. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, and it was a situation. It would have been like a Becky Lynch situation. Like, you, you put her against anybody with credibility, the crowd's gonna flock to 
the wrestler mm-hmm. has been here. So, but my my reason for it is, you know, I'm waiting for the four horse women versus the four horse women thing. I'm ready. <laughs> We're getting there. Set it up. This start now. You can start setting up Have those Ron corners. Beat for the it. hell out of Sasha like after the match. Like have and have arm. all have all WWE's four horsewomen going at each other, and then see the other four horsewomen making their way up through the ranks, and then by SummerSlam have that match, be done with it. Like there's so much they can do to build it, but they don't think that far. No, they really don't. And also, like that's one of those matches that like people have talked about it so much it makes me think like, oh yeah, it's never gonna happen. Yeah. Like so, or like that match. Like that match, or it'll be like you know way past the peak. So like that match, um, the uh, the main a WrestleMania main event with the Shield triple threat. We are never getting that. Like they could have done that. They could have done that before. They just like we refuse to do that. Like we rather have Roman fight old guys. That's what we want to do. Roman fight dudes that are past their primes to try to get him over. Like it's just never never been a thing. Well, here's the thing with the Shield main event. If we were to do the Shield main event, like. It, we're all complaining about Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. It would be ten times worse with Roman well, involved. Well, I mean, this is spe- this is talking about before they, you know, all the years of being overexposed on TV and right. and this particular yeah. heel turn is like ruin everybody's like put a bad taste in everyone's mouth as far as the Dean Ambrose experiment because like they got Dean Ambrose coming out there and like literally being a different like coming with a different course. Of action on what right. his motivations and, and talking points are week to damn week. It's always something new that different this week. This week he's talking about balance like he's goddamn Thanos. So, <laughs> all right. So can we? All right. So let's, let's, can, do we? Let's, can let's we talk about this it. match now? Yeah, we talk. We talk about this match now. This match sucks. Yeah, it, it, it was. Um, it, I thought it was all right. It was just. I actually you know, liked it. Stop. Rich, don't. It was bad. It was a badass match between a good ass wrestler and a wrestler that can be carried from time to time. This was a bad one. We've seen them have good matches before. This one stunk. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with both of you. I actually enjoyed it, honestly. <sighs> but you, you've got to get into my mind of why I enjoyed it. If we, for the past couple of weeks, have been saying that Nia Jax is this force that's unstoppable. She's dangerous. And we're going to go keep going and running with this thing that happened on social media with Becky Lynch and her blackening her eye and all that stuff. She's got to go out there (laughs) and be the female Brock Lesnar. Just mowing and long hair. Like you got if you're going to run with that for weeks and as a part of her build up towards Rhonda, you've got to keep that going. Like you can't you can't just be like, Oh, she lost Rhonda, so she's not dangerous no more. Be safe with Sasha. You know, she's tiny. You can't do that. If you've built that up, it's the same thing with Brock Lesnar. Like, okay, Brock Lesnar, he's supposed to be dangerous. We've been told this since two thousand two, right? Right. You go out you have Brock Lesnar go out there and, you know, working really safe with people. You're gonna be like, now what is going on? <laughs> This they did is a couple not... things in the match where it was like, yeah, she dropped her bad. from the top rope. Uh, but see, they're trying to, her, try to drop her by the neck on the um, try try to. I mean, obviously, the idea was to give the illusion that she dropped her. Uh, she basically went on the second rope, carried her, put her in the fireman's carry right. position, and then dropped her neck first on the rope. The problem is like it didn't look damaging enough. 
And then one, I wouldn't do that spot because you could possibly hurt somebody really bad. And two, yeah. like even though that you're, that was a plan for you to try to make it look bad, it didn't look bad at all. And then the hurricane spot on the apron, Jesus Christ! Like, okay, well, see so that I, that, I that spot add, on the like, apron, the Listo thing. And now go, go ahead, Sierra. Go ahead, Sierra. That spot on the apron. First of all, I've been saying it for years. I hate when wrestlers do moves on the fucking apron because that is the most dangerous spot of the ring and it makes me think about a couple years ago when it was in ring of honor and paul london and davy richards were having a match and i believe paul london was on the apron and davy richards ran across the apron and kicked him in his face and he got concussed that was scary because you don't you shouldn't be doing spots right there on that little bit of edge like that is the worst place to go like and Sasha, when she did that move, she took the brunt of it, <laughs> and it made no sense because it was like you're the one that's fallen, could hit your knee, could hit your face, everything. And Nia just, you know, tapped her forehead. And the only thing that I say about that spot spot is when she rolled her back over in the ring and put the submission hold on her. It made sense because it's like, okay, she's supposed to be knocked out. Of course, she's going to tap. But that move was just so nonsensical and it kind of goes back to when people always say Sasha Banks always overdoes things and does the unnecessary in her matches and I honestly kind of agree with that because there's been plenty of matches where she does certain things where I just feel like why are you not concerned for your safety you know like yes she splats everywhere absolutely like it's 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 cool to see that as a visual but it's like you didn't need to do that and she did not need to do that with Nia at all like complete that could have been really went really really wrong for the both of them she could have landed on her neck anything and that was completely unnecessary now with Nia throwing around the ring like I said they're still playing up that whole situation with Becky Lynch but after this, I don't know where else they can I go. She got to switch her that. gimmick after this. Like, yeah, like <laughs> um, change it. Th- that hurricane Rana. So she wasn't actually trying to hurricane Rana her off the rope. If you guys are familiar with the Kalisto move, where he'll yeah, catch someone on their knees and then do a hurricane Rana, but like right. it's like a uh, DDT. I think yeah, it's a mini. It's a terribly. It's a mini. No, it, no. What happened was she was doing it. It's called a mini DDT. Yeah. And it started on indies, and there used to be a wrestler named Jesse James that would do that, and then everybody else started doing it. And what it is, you run and you do, you know, like a mini hurricanrana, and it looks like a DDT. But what happened is Naya was hanging off the apron, and then when Sasha came out and did that, instead of holding on to her to hit onto the apron, she fell off of her completely. And that's why I was just like, why would you do that? <laughs> You could have hurt yourself. It, there was no impact, nothing. And I just hope for now on she doesn't do that ever again. Because that could have went totally wrong for the both of them. They didn't really have great chemistry in this match. No, no. And uh, okay, so we've seen enough of these Sasha matches. And she and she's one of my favorite. Um, She's one of my favorite wrestlers of the last few years in WWE. But you see enough of these matches that don't work out well to to now have an understanding that like Sasha Sasha Banks Sasha Banks is going to have her Sasha Banks match, and if and regardless of the opponent, 
in the in um, given the amount of time she's given, she's given us enough time to actually have a uh, a highlight type of match. She's going to try to have one. Opponent be damned. She ain't dumbing it down for you. Either you step up or we gonna fuck it up and it's gonna look bad. And like she got the confidence to know that like if it goes bad. Shit, I know I'm the bomb. It's on you. <laughs> and, 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 and look, the people, the people that have seen enough of her matches are going to know, like, look, I've seen her have bomb matches. It's on her. It's on the other person that screwed that, uh, that, that was the other hand, uh, the other part of this match. And uh, so for me, it's like Sasha has to, you know, get to a point to where, like, look, I don't have to, you know, do all of this for somebody like I, I've seen them have good matches, but this layout was just like, this is the most intricate thing I've ever seen like Nia be tasked with and she failed. Um, so another part about the match I don't like is like she, okay. So I understand that Nia has been a monster. I understand that, but there's enough different ways for somebody that is a, a killer and there's a gigantic height and size advantage for somebody to outmaneuver or outthink or outsmart somebody and then get the victory or whatever else. Or, but she beat the hell out of this woman left and right and left and right and left and right. And it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, she's in danger. It's like, Oh my gosh, she's just taking over forever on offense. And it's not, it, it's not entertaining. So like, and then she just won. It is like okay, well that's impressive. Way to way to way to spotlight this brand new challenger. Well, it, I did like, the like I said, where she rolled into the finish off of like something like. But it, it made sense because, like I said, you you have Nia attacking her all this time, and she's, you know, she's a bigger adversary against a smaller adversary. Of course, they highlighted that on commentary all the fucking time, and it's like duh, we can see there is a clear size difference. Like y'all don't have to do this for me. I'm too old for this shit. But it made sense, even though the spot went wrong with her hitting her head on the apron, rolling her over into submission. Because it basically was saying, like, okay, Sasha makes it smaller. She had to use something so drastic to take Nia Jax off her feet. And honestly, if you look at old school Joshi wrestling, <laughs> when you have Aja Kong in the ring, and if she wasn't going against Manami Toyota, because Manami wasn't scared not one bitch, uh, <laughs> you know. And all if, she did was fire off on her. Yeah. Yes. So if you had Aja Kong going against one of those rookies that just graduated from the AJW dojo, right? Mm-hmm. Kong is swinging and throwing that girl around from pillar to post, just beating her down. Then all of a sudden she would just, you know, backhand her. One, two, three. You get Manami Toyota in there. She's not with that fuck shit. <laughs> Manami Toyota will be all over that ring and just doing everything she can to her, just like Sasha Banks was on Nia Jax to get her down. And then all of a sudden, you will see her doing a Japanese cyc- you know, cyclone suplex. And you just be like, excuse me? You picked her up and you won? That's booking right there that they should have gone with and they did. And like I said, that back, that spot was terrible. <laughs> Just don't do that anymore. Yeah. Just don't. We gotta keep do that. Do that. Do that spot with somebody like Natalia. Somebody that's going to. That's not gonna fuck yeah. it up. But like, yeah. she actually hit her head uh, against April and make actually actually make it look like what you were trying to do. Yeah, and Natalia probably will bleed for it. You know, oh, just so hard way. You know, just to sell it. All Sasha right. Banks is dangerous <clears throat> out here. So after that, um, we had the main event, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And 
Uh, Rollins attacked Ambrose during his entrance, and uh, you know the ref called for the match to begin once they entered uh, the ring. Uh, went all around the crowd like it was an Attitude Era. Uh, Rollins like uh, attacked him, and they went backstage. Uh, Rollins then tried like a powerbomb on top of some cases, but Ambrose uh, countered and slammed him instead. Uh, then they went to a commercial break after Ambrose got a two count off of throwing a ladder at this man's face. Um, after that, so Ambrose uh, got body slammed through the announce table. Um, <clears throat> he was... Uh, Rollins, you know, hit a dive and uh, he jumped off a big metal barricade, which separated like the hundred uh, floor from the seats. Uh, we've seen Rollins do various dives like that over the years. Um, uh, Ambrose uh, got punched right in the nose. Like there's a big gift going around. Uh, you can see Rollins throw a, a right hand and they showed the replay and all that. If you didn't see it the first time uh, from there. Unsafe Seth is back. <laughs> oh man um, Ambrose then uh, grabbed a chair hit Rollins with it which was uh, a two count and then we want tables chance started Ambrose ripped up the floor uh, and tried to expose the concrete uh, you know trying to rip off Tommaso Ciampa but um, he went at him and kissed him on the forehead go ahead okay so when he first turned on him you know an hour after Roman told us that he had leukemia and was leaving, or two hours after that, he actually did rip up the. Uh, he actually did expose the concrete and then gave him his finish on the. Uh, That's in right. the I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yep. but still, uh, dude did do it first. Yeah, uh, Ambrose uh, tried the dirty deeds on the concrete, but Rollins instead gave him a back body drop. Uh, Ambrose uh, raked him in the eye and went up top. Uh, Rollins uh, went up and hit a superplex. Uh, did a buckle bomb followed by a super kick and a curb stomp. And then all of a sudden, the almighty Bobby Lashley um, <laughs> showed up and yanked about the ring. And the whole crowd chanted, Lashley sucks. Uh, Correctly. And then Lashley gave Rollins the Dominator and a spear. And then Ambrose won. So um, a Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, or, or excuse me, a Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose match gets ruined by outside interference. Where have I seen this before? Yep, Hell in a Cell 2014 all over again. Yeah, just the baby faces. The baby face is going to get uh, finally get some sweet payback. We're actually going, you know, all of that heat that we had to endure. We're finally going to pay it off, and then some fuck, and then some fucker comes out of nowhere to to, to ruin it, and then like pulled it out. I'm assuming he's been pulled away from the feud, so that's the end. Yeah, yeah, I mean, thank God that look, look. I'm glad that's the end of it, but. Dude, if this is your top baby, if this is your top baby phase that you're playing on for WrestleMania, like I don't think pro- having him in a program with or a TV program with Bobby Lashley is going to help him get more over. So the I just thing, don't. The only thing I think this is this gives Rollins somebody to throw out of the Royal Rumble when when they get in there. Uh, that, that's all this is. So I, I wouldn't be with two words okay. about it. Um, okay. And this also frees Rollins of the Intercontinental Title Albatross. That would that. Um, could derail him in going after the universal belt as far as the show overall uh it, i was this a new era i don't think so this was just you know the same show with i i really like the, the a better version portion. of the same show yeah it was just i don't know it it was monday night raw wasn't blow away just just give me three hours of just like Drew McIntyre just, you know, going back and forth for John Cena and then um, just the women. That That's all I need. Like, I don't need any of this other filler stuff. I, I'm good. 
like just leave it as that. So we're gonna leave it there for um Raw. We'll be back uh shortly. Oh wait, 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 wait. One thing to put make a note. You mentioned as far as they beat the hell out of uh Ro- or Rollins at the end of the show. So the beginning of the show, we had we had baby faces teaming up, linking up, making saves for each other. And then at the end of the show, where the hell is John Cena? Where the hell is a Finn Balor? They just left that man out there to get murdered. John Cena on John the bus. John Cena. He said already on the bus. He said John Cena said he was tired. Yeah. <laughs> He's John had Cena it with old, everybody's BS. Bruh, John Cena was not going out after 10. Like <laughs> John John Cena gave me like I don't know if you guys seen Eminem's interview with um what's his name Sway when he was talking about Machine Gun Kelly that's what I felt John Cena was giving us like I've had it with these youngsters leave me alone wow <laughs> well yeah that's gonna wrap up uh, the raw portion we'll be back with the Smackdown portion of the show welcome back to one Nation Radio. It is time for the SmackDown Live portion of the program. James, what happened on SmackDown, man? Yeah, uh, WWE SmackDown Live, January eighth, two thousand nineteen, from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we start with the commentary team announcing a triple threat match tonight: Becky, Charlotte, and Carmella for the SmackDown Live Women's Title uh, shot versus Oscar at World Rumble. Um, we then cut to the uh, atrium in the in the arena, and we go to the concession area where Daniel Bryan is angry and is talking about how AJ Styles uh, would be here if he was just a fan, and he wants to take us on an educational journey. Uh, the only concessions we're making are to our health and well-being. Are we healthy? Are we happy? How do we feel after we eat this garbage, this terrible food? Um, uh, we're filling a void and throwing. He says that we're filling a void and throwing garbage down our throats, and that's why we cheer for AJ too. Um, he snatches a hot dog away from from this plant, and and then he didn't. He then goes on to just just uh, bury this dude, and then he throws a hot dog right at his face. Um, Brian then moves on to another plant in AJ Styles T shirt, and and uh, takes a takes a drink right at his geek's hand, and then uh, and then throws the drink on this dude, and then throws the cup at him for added in- insults. Uh, and he said, and before saying that, he said that uh, the, the plastic is choking the earth. The, or, the earth. Uh, so then, next thing you know, he goes yeah, up to snap. the merchandise stand. Yeah. So next thing you know, he goes up to the merchandise stand, and then he asks for a Yes Movie T shirt. Um, before saying, "Oh yeah, that's right, I, I killed the yes movement," uh, and he said, "One of the like reasons why." Shit. Yeah, and he's also said one of the reasons why he uh, killed it is because he didn't want to fill the earth with toxic garbage like AJ's T-shirts and gloves. Um, and then he then grabs uh, then he grabs one of the gloves and walks off uh, walks off without paying. Uh, arrest this man, thief. Um, <laughs> He, he he then continues to rail against Styles as he uh, exits the concourse, comes down to the stands, uh, it comes down the, uh, the, uh, the the stairs and then into the ring, um, and he said that each of these people are weak. And then as people get in his face, he looks at him and says, he looks at these dudes and says, impotent. <laughs> so, uh, so then he says that um, and change AJ it. can only fill the. Uh, then he says, AJ can only fill the void uh, uh, that you guys have in your emptiness uh, for about 30 seconds, but um, he'll turn that void apart and fill it with something meaningful, something valuable. He'll make the world better. So the crowd boos him, but he's changing. But he says he's changing the world for the better while 
and then he gets cut off immediately by a attacking R-Truth. The R-Truth push. So, yeah, so R-Truth comes out of nowhere with a corkscrew forearm, and, he, and then he starts beating the hell out of Brian, and then um, we, we go to commercial break. So we come back from break with... Um, we come back and break, and Truth has the early advantage, but then Brian quickly takes over. Uh, Brian was firmly in control and nailed Truth with the running uh, drop kick in the corner, running drop kicks in the corner. He actually gave him two yes kicks and then stopped after the second one because he don't want to get he doesn't want to get over. Uh, so then Truth made a comeback and, and scored a near fall, and the finish came when uh, Truth missed a charge in the corner and Brian hit the the running knee for the win. Um, I think more champions the, should beat guys on TV like this. Yeah, so. After the match, uh, Brian is is making just a, just the the, the shit eating grin and is so happy that he and pleased with himself. He's walking back up the ramp, and then Ed, and AJ Styles puts him in the jump zone and whoops his ass on the run on the runway, and all and all hell broke loose. And there was a, and then the geeks had to separate him, and Brian was so desperate that he just left the the title on the ground. Thoughts? Left his jewelry out there. What you say? I, he left his jewelry out there. Um, <laughs> I, I I thought his promo like this man's just like he's just so over the top and just a madman. It's like this man has crafted this completely unique thing or whatever that he's doing, and it doesn't feel like anyone else. Um, good to see our truth got a little look, and you know this was actually a carryover from the other week when Brian uh, attacked our truth when our truth was in a Santa Claus outfit. So, um, nice continuity there. Okay, so in one of, in a in a very uh, Tokyo Dome setting, after after uh, Styles beating the hell out of uh, Brian, um, while they're still out there and they're just off to the side, all of a sudden you hear Buyaka Buyaka six one nine, and Ray comes down to the ring to start his match immediately. Like there's no break in between or, or transition. It's just bring on the next thing. So, uh, so we get uh, Ray Ray Mysterio and Mustafa Ali versus Samoa Joe and Andrade Cien Almas. Um, the heels took over by isolating Mysterio on their side of the ring. Uh, Mysterio fought back and drove Almas uh, headfirst into the mat. Um, Ali got the tag and ran wild on Almas, hitting a rolling X factor for a near fall through the ropes. Uh, may I add? Uh, he followed up with a with a huge uh, tornado DDT um, and attempted a plancha, but Joe caught him. Uh, and then he hit an awesome fallaway slam that threw him all all the way onto the announce table and then over and then rolling off of it. It was it looked brutal. So we come back from commercial break and Ali uh, was caught in a tree of woe, but was still able to throw Almas off the top rope. Uh, almost in a in a German suplex looking deal. Um, Mysterio got the hot tag and then rocked Almas with a kick. Um, and then he does this awesome spot where he lifts him. Um, he lifts Mysterio up in like a in like a double handstand move that turned into a Canadian destroyer um, for a close near fall. Um, Pop man, Mysterio. Yeah, uh, Mysterio caught Joe with a uh, with a six one nine. And then um, Ali then then uh, hit Joe with a with a with a four fifty. Um, Ali then took out Joe uh, with a dive to the floor, and then Mysterio attempted a six one nine, but almost caught uh, caught Ray, and then uh, hit him with a gut buster, and then and then hit the Hamlet DDT for the for the biggest win of, of Andrade seeing Almas's career on the main roster. This this match was awesome. This ruled. Um, 
it it actually felt like it was something special. Like when they yeah. were in the last couple like minutes of this, and then Andrade get the clean pin. They're not in a program or anything, but they, they need to be yeah, after this. My yeah, God, sure, why not? Um, Sierra, what you think about this one? I've been enjoying the return of Rey Mysterio. Like as long as we keep him away from Randy Orton, just please, just yes. please, please Let avoid that. Guys. Avoid that shit like the fucking plague. Please, just avoid that. I've been really enjoying seeing Rey Mysterio on television and wrestling. Period. Like even though he's been wrestling in Mexico and different places over several years, it's just it's just not the same because we're so used to seeing Rey on television. Now we're seeing him, and it's like. I said to my best friend tonight, I don't know what happened to Rey Mysterio in the past couple of years. It's like Rey Mysterio's got new knees, a new body, <laughs> and he's out there wrestling like it's 1998. And it's fucking mind blowing because it's like, it's like I said on Twitter, it's like, you know, in Dragon Ball Z, when Vegeta and them would go up in that like time capsule and they would do the training and stuff and they would do that. <laughs> The whole dance where they were like morph and merge into each other and be like this super duper saying it's like yeah. Ray went up in this time capsule, found himself in 1996 and they did the dance and they merged together. Oh, That's what it's like, because it's like, <laughs> God funny. damn, like I'm not expecting this form of Ray Mysterio in 2019. I've been told for the last several years his knees were shot. He was incapable of being that same Rey Mysterio because he's older. And he's 44 and he's out there performing <laughs> like these youngsters. And mind you, he's dressed like one of those old dudes in CMLL. Oh but, my God. To be, be fair, when he doesn't have, when he doesn't have like a singlet deal on, like his gear, like in this run since back, is very reminiscent of his original 96 yeah. gear. And that's why I'm saying, so when I seen him tonight, I was just like, oh, here comes Mysterio looking like one of those old dudes on the Sunday shows down in Mexico City. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's I guess. Messed up. You, know the, you know the hot show is that Friday show. That's messed up. I, I, I know. I'm just saying. But when he, I, the match was so good. I watched it the whole time. And this is what happened. When him and Almas went and did that whole hit stand thing, and I've seen this done in Luchador wrestling all the time. And I'm sitting there like, okay, what y'all about to do? Because I know when y'all do that shit in Mexico, it's about to be something. I wasn't expecting Rey Mysterio to pop up with a code red. A lot of people say it's the Canadian Destroyer because we all know it's that. I call it the code red because the first time I seen that was from Amazing Red when he called it the code red and he did that on low key. And that blew my mind. And when Rey Mysterio did it and it was so beautiful... I was just like, oh, my God. I, I haven't like seen I have. Rey Mysterio. Like, I haven't seen Rey Mysterio do that move since WCW. And that's that freaking blew my mind because I'm just like, you're doing that now? Okay, right? Like, like I feel like I haven't up. seen them do a Canadian Destroyer on the main roster ever. But I watched no, I watched a Teddy Hart and Pentagon match, and they did, like, five of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been done on the main roster, but it's just that I think when it when it happened on the main roster, it became one of those. The Canadian Destroyer over the years has became one of those setup moves, like the fucking damn, you know, arm lock, like everybody expects it. But when you see Ray, the way Ray Mysterio did it, where you're not expecting it, that's when it's special. But 
that just blew my mind. I'm just like, okay, Rooster, you're, you're here for 2019. You ain't got to say shit else. Give him the title. <laughs> just give him the belt. I'm ready. I'm not disagreeing. I'd love to see Ray with a, with a, with a nostalgia run for, uh, for a title shot. Like, I would love, or like, I would love to see Ray versus Andrade on a pay per view. And, and I would also hey. love to see, like, him versus Brian because I don't think I've ever seen that. You know what? Let me cage match that because I they don't had think a raw they match ever... in two, They had a raw match in 2013, uh, Brian and yeah, Mysterio. Okay. But like, but, like, besides that, I think there's only been one instance of them okay. wrestling. But, you gotta think about like back then, Rey Mysterio was still kind of busted up and was yes. injured. Like if you had told me that Rey Mysterio would be doing what he's doing, like in 2018 and 2019, after watching what he looked like, um, his last the end of his last WWE run, I just been like, no. In fact, if you had told me he had retired, I, I would have been more likely to be like, yeah, he's done because his knees are too shot. He's too right. big. There's none. Like he, it, it's. I I'm so happy that he's he's. Able to that he's able to do what he's doing now, and I and really it's the know. same thing with Daniel Bryan. Like Daniel Bryan has been good for years. Like we all know this. It's, there's no mystery. But I feel like the form he's in right now, he's like really at that peak where it's just like you cannot dispute how good he is. And seeing them clash after Say all that these one years. More time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knocked that rust off quick, didn't he? Like you cannot dispute that this man is great. Like you cannot. There's no way you can fuck with that. Like you cannot. They try. And, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, they try, but how many have failed? I'm just saying. Like this year marks 30 years for Rey Mysterio in the ring. My God, that's right. Like that. I somebody reminded me of that on Twitter, and I'm like, oh my God, that is right. He's been wrestling since I was born. Like. That's that's wild that after all these years, he's still capable of putting on that performance. And why not give him that big match if this might be his final year or shoot? Ray might be wrestling till he's 72 like the other luchadors. Like, Damn. you know, like that man's if a new El Santo. Shit. You never know. <laughs> like, new Mil Mascaris. Like, put him against the best. Give him the belt. Just keep Randy Orton away from him. I'm begging. Like. Please. Go ahead, James. N- nothing. I, I have I have nothing to say. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Uh. I lost track of the. Okay. So back to back to lecture hand. So. Uh. Commentary then hypes up our um our woman triple threat main event again, and uh, we get a backstage promo with Carmelo where she uh, talks about how no one thinks she's gonna win and why is it because she looks too good and and likes to have fun or is it because uh Charlotte Flair has learned to use a kendo stick and Becky grew a personality. Uh, she became champ. She says that she became champion by getting an opportunity and that's all she's ever needed. And tonight she's gonna have one more opportunity to, to get at it because Mella is money. Um, and then we cut back to uh, to what can only be described as the old Undertaker and Kane stomping grounds of the guts of an arena. And, and we are showing the Usos and they are walking and talking about how they've got an opportunity tonight themselves. And uh, they are going to welcome the bar to the Uso penitentiary. Um, so we come back from hey, commercial hey, break. Is, is, is that where uh, Manny Rose uh, is? Or... Never mind. Go ahead. 
So we cut back to commercial. We cut back to commercial break, and Miz is in uh, barges in into uh, Shane's locker or, uh, or office, um, and he complains about how the Usos are getting a, t- a shot at the title before they did because they're the best tag team in the world. So Shane says that they're far away from the title picture, and the A-lister uh, then tries to, uh, to sell him on taking the, sh- the shortcut. But uh, Shane says that he's excited about teaming. He really is, but he wants to put in the work um, and challenge. Uh, themselves in their uh, competition. Miz agrees after a second, and uh, and then immediately goes to asking if he's ever thought about uh, the their team, their tag team outfits, um, saying that he's in that he <laughs> that he he would enjoy white leather. Um, and then uh, Shane then says pretends to make a phone call as he wants to get out of the conversation. <sighs> they like they're really trying hard to make like Miz a comedy geek. Bro, um, they've like just fucked this guy up. Like I don't. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> on every level. Why is, he, why is he and Brian not going against each other? Oh, they, they killed they, that they, one. They, they fucked they, that they, up too. Yeah, they <sighs> killed that one dead. I was so looking forward to that program to like rehash two thousand nine, two thousand eight. Well, I mean, they—I mean, they had the match at SummerSlam, and it was as good as we thought of, as it as it as it. I mean, it was a very good match, but it was as good as um, the other stuff on the card. And then they had that lame finish, and then they went on the next month, and they had the uh, the mixed tag match with their wives, and um, Brian lost, and then and then they did the whole thing at um, at Super Showdown where he basically squashes me, so the feud's over. Like if Brian beats if Brian beats Miz and the feud was over, like Miz had to keep winning. But then like once they gave Brian that victory, that that two minute three minute victory, it was a wrap. And then like I think right after that, they immediately go to having uh, AJ and Daniel Bryan laugh him laugh off Miz as a geek. And then and then they started wrestling each other after that. I was like, okay, well, okay, well, Miz is a geek now. Um, okay, so we go to Rusev in the ring, and, uh, and he gets on, and he's on the mic. He says that last week Lana, his wife, his love, his heart uh, got hurt because of Nakamura's selfish actions. Um, he says that she's at home resting, but he stands before us not as a U.S. champion, not as a Bulgarian brute uh, with the body <laughs> with the body of a thousand Hemworth brothers. Uh, no, he stands before us as a husband. And then um, you get the Lana is the best Lana and the one Lana number one chance uh, uh, in support of Lana who's sick at home or who's hurt at home. Um, Rusev says that she, that Nakamura can mess with him all he wants, but once you mess with his wife, you cross a line and you don't come back from that. So then he calls out Nakamura and promises to break every bone in his fragile little body and crush him. So we're shown um, Nakamura on the on the um, Titantron and he's in the production truck. And uh, he says that Rusev is just trying to get sympathy. Uh, he's and uh, he says that he's there in the truck to prove everyone that it's not his fault. And to, uh, to, and he tells the production geek to roll the tape. So or he's Snitsky now. I I don't know what that means. I wasn't watching then. Okay, so you all know what I'm saying. So uh, Nakamura is Snitsky uh, now. Don't 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 bring that up. Let's just leave. <laughs> Dead dogs where they're supposed to be. Basically, Snitsky used to go around saying it ain't my fault. Like he's it ain't my fault. No, like this, this, this whole situation with Shinsuke and Rusev is just, just like Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins' ass. Like I don't have time for it. Like Shinsuke don't even believe in this program. Like, did you see how he delivered that? Like it's your fault. Like he does not care. (laughs) Shinsuke's like, I need to get back to Japan. 
Okay, everybody's leaving. It's it's time to go. Like you usually go to all elite. Like <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> well, do you do you have do you have points on AEW the way that people used to think that like uh, BET had points on B2K? Like, were well, you really pushing this, this all elite wrestling agenda over here, sir? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let y'all know where the heat's at. Oh my god! You, don't don't be shocked when it comes out in July that Shinsuke Nakamura is leaving and he's going to all elite. I'm just oh, saying. I, I I will say this: I I would expect I would more I would I would expect him to end up in all elite before I would him going back to Japan. Yeah. 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 Most likely. So, so uh, okay. So uh, I'm trying to keep him from the last stuff. Yeah. So uh, the, the production geek uh, rolls the footage from the attack last week and it shows that. Lana jumped on his back, and then Rusev gave him a Moshki kick, and then Rusev fe- and then uh, Nakamura fell with her on her back, on his back, and Lana got hurt. So uh, Nakamura, so they cut back to Nakamura, and he tells Rusev that uh, that that he crushed that it's his fault. Uh, he's the one that crushed Lana, and he says it with a smirk on his face. So Rusev is furious, and he runs to the back to come see about uh, about Nakamura. And then, as he's um, looking for him and uh, trying to figure out what a production truck is, Nakamura <laughs> then runs uh, an equipment uh, chest into Rusev multiple times, and then leaves as the geeks assemble to break it up. Um, so Nakamura then leaves out of the uh, camera shot. And then, as Rusev uh, gathers himself to see the position, Nakamura charges back into the shot and then lands a King Shasa. Uh, that bounces Rusev's head off the off the equipment chest uh, to complete Rusev's placement into the 2019 Jump Zone. Yeah. So uh, then we're giving um, to further hype up the main event. We're shown a backstage shutdown promo with Becky this time, and she cuts the promo complaining that she has to win a match to get a shot at a title that she never lost, and she says that uh, it's okay. Because tonight she can do whatever she wants, and at uh, Royal Rumble, Oscar will have to do more than just climb a ladder. And she knows that she's on borrowed time until the man comes around. So uh, then we, the bar makes an entrance, and we go to commercial break. And <laughs> keep in mind, like I said, the bar goes comes out for the entrance right now, and then we go to commercial break. We come back commercial break. We get a recap of the segment from last night uh, with Hogan, with, with racist asshole Hogan, and he uh, where he eulogizes uh, Oakland. And um, then they show the the same video, the same uh, video package of Oakland's, uh, you know, funny and great moments of his interviews with WWF and WCW parts. And then um, then they then we go and get, then we get the uh, Usos um, entrance and then and then we get the tag match. So for like for about, I don't know, probably like 10, 15 minutes uh, the bar was just in, in the ring, just chilling while they were just doing stuff in the back. So um, we get the Usos versus the bar. Um, Sheamus and Jay uh, start their match, and then uh, Sheamus uh, uh, gives a side headlock takeover. And I'm gonna give me one second. All right, so they have so they start with the early advantage, the Usos. Until um, Cesaro uh, starts interfering um, from the apron, uh, the bar isolated Jay by cutting him off from Jimmy. Jimmy and Cesaro both got uh, the tag. Um, Jimmy ran wild on Cesaro. The Usos hit dives on the bar to the floor. Jimmy and Cesaro so hard that it sent him into the crowd. Um, Jimmy hit a crossbody for a near fall. Uh, Jay got the blind tag and hit a super kick for a two count. We come and we come back from commercial break, and uh, Jay had 
I'm sorry, Cesaro had Jay in the Cesaro swing and transitioned into a sharp suit, sharp shooter. Can't speak. Um, Jay hit. Jay fought back and nailed Sheamus with a series of headbutts. Jay nailed uh, Sheamus with a super kick as he sat on the top turnbuckle. Uh, so a jumping super kick. Uh, Cesaro made a blind tag, but Jay caught him with a super kick too. Jay tried to make a tag to Jimmy. Then suddenly, and this is for a hot tag, and then suddenly Manny Rose comes out wearing only a towel. So that's right. The the Temptress came out with no shoes, barefooted out there, looking dusty. Anyway, yes. she she asked Jimmy if the she... So, yeah, so she asked Temptress, the Ollie Larder uh, character in every movie she's ever in. Anyway, she she asked Jimmy if she left her gold shorts and top in Jimmy's uh, hotel room. And Jimmy was confused and distracted because he's a dumb baby face. And Seamus knocked him off the apron. And then Seamus hit the neutralizer on nah, Jay man. for the win. She she was out there lying on that man dick. Like, that's why he ain't like that shit. <laughs> yeah. What is this angle? It's supposed to set up the, you know, it's supposed to set up um, Mandy and Naomi, but like, I mean, Naomi I just, mean, just beating the hell out of her. Like, we already seen the result. I, I mean, whatever. Like, I, they, they could have made this compelling, but like they, but like after doing, how many times is she gonna like? Try to get under Naomi's skin by doing the same thing, and then Naomi is going to get is going to get mad, and then either a whoop her ass or b get her ass whooped because she's going to get jumped because she's she's at a number disadvantage because Oscar and her ain't friends no more apparently now yeah. that she has a title. Yeah, that's that's always that consistency. Um, yeah, I. Hmm. I mean, they can always bring back Cameron. Oh. oh my god. I mean, it can't, it can't it can't get any worse than this stupid oh storyline. I haven't like, thought about Cameron in And you know, so funny years. before we we started this call, there was a gif going around with Naomi whipping Cameron's ass. So like, I mean, from one ass whipping to another, she might have learned her lesson and she might be a better tag team partner. I'm just saying, this cannot get any worse cuz them feuding over a guy that everybody knows Naomi has been married to for years now and it's been you know publicly known through reality television and through storylines that they're married and we're gonna have Mandy Rose because they have nothing else to do with her besides say that oh she's so pretty she's temptress she looks like Trish Stratus back in 1999 like I feel bad that they've chalked that girl up to just that and it's sad that when you when it comes to both those divisions, all those women have something special with them and has nothing to do with their looks. She's the one that they focus on that with. And it's like, how can you have this thing going in your company where the women are equal to the superstars and they shouldn't be looked at for their looks they should be appreciated for being strong and beautiful and achieving these goals and all these things like main eventing shows back to back and then you have her come out there in a towel talk about leaving clothes in somebody's hotel room and we all know that's a lie because we're trying to put over this storyline that does nothing for Naomi because Naomi's a former champion and should be in the title picture 
two does nothing for Sonia Deville because she's proven a few weeks ago that she should be in the running for the title at some point. And Mandy Rose, who's looking like a straight up tramp. Like this is how they want to make somebody a star. Apparently this is going against everything that they've been preaching for the last three years. You're cycling back for one girl and it's not good because it's, it's coming off very bad and no one believes it. Like no one believes for one second that Jimmy is interested in Mandy Rose, even as beautiful as she is. He's, he'd be looking at her like, girl, what, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, and it's did they just going on with this for the sake of giving this girl something to do? Like have Naomi feud with Billy Kay and Peyton Royce or something? Oh, God, something. They, already did something. That. they already did that and, and that's the reason why yeah, I like Billy but, Kay and Peyton Royce off TV. They were awful. Yeah, but here's the thing, like I you know I told you guys a long time ago. Tag team thing needs to stop with every woman should not have to always be gal pals. Like we can be in a space now where not all of us have to be friends, like for fucking sakes. Not all of us like each other, but something else besides this temptress. I'm trying to steal your husband home wrecker situation. It's like I thought we got past this and it, it, what made it worse tonight is, is not only did they do that, but the whole situation with Lana where they said in commentary, well, she shouldn't be in the ring with two men tussling. That's a man space excuse me lana's a wrestler like they said that straight up in commentary and i'm like she's a wrestler this is like a reverse may young classic like yeah (laughs) and not even and not even also in addition that is like okay so lana is lana wrestles has been wrestling for yeah what what as she's been in the ring ever since that Naomi feud where she kept getting squashed for like a right. year now or sorry like eighteen months now and she's had matches she's been in battle royals yeah. she's she's she, you know she was in money in the, or she was in the money in big ladder match and actually performed better than Alexa Bliss who won it right and everything so, right so she's a person that is she is a, actually a contact performer who has taken bumps in this and the third right down the line so for her to be on someone's back while someone falls and then she's injured it's like oh get the fuck out of my face yeah. like she now all of a sudden like she's this weakling that can't yeah. that can't do because she was on the back of a man who fell and then it's like you go back to the um to the Brie Bella and Marie stuff when they were doing um they were building towards um Hell in a Cell mixed tag where like Brie takes a fall off the apron and she's just hurt. Like, yeah. you don't imagine she's had them had to where she fell off the apron and sold right. it and got back into Russell and she's hurt now. Come on. Yeah, like that 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 threw me off from commentary when they said it and I'm sitting there like she's been wrestling every week and I've been told that the women are equal to men, but you're saying on commentary they sat up and said on commentary it's a man space. Oh well, excuse me for equality here. Like, <laughs> like, I, I guess I got the wrong company here. I guess you know th- that just shut my mouth up quickly. Yeah. Oh man. So I guess I got to finish this off. So, um, after the uh, the bar and Usos match, 
Um, Miz comes down to the ring and gives the bar a big intro and congratulates them on behalf of himself and Shane. Uh, he says that they dominated uh, all of the teams on SmackDown except for the best tag team in the world. And he wants to offer them a chance to defend the tag team titles against them. Uh, so Cesaro gets on the mic and, and asks if he wants uh, the team that destroyed every other team on Raw and SmackDown to face an untested, uncoordinated, dysfunctional duo with daddy issues. Uh, so then he, then he asks Seamus what he thinks, and then uh, Seamus answers with a bro kick to Miz's face, and then Cesaro accepts the match hey. and laid out Miz like a geek. He dropped the mic on, or Cesaro dropped the mic on him. They uh, they all pose, uh, do their pose with the belts uh, to each side of the crowd, and after. after as they go from one side to the other, Seamus literally steps on on Miz and over him. I was like, dude, you he yeah, looks like the instant bum of the week. Yes, yes, just terrible. Yeah, bro. Uh, Seamus got to uh, hit Shane with the with the shoot bro kick for, for, for the culture. <laughs> Okay, so we go backstage, and, and, um, and Mandy Rose is walking with Sonya Deville, and then she takes off uh, her towel to reveal that she's wearing her wrestling gear all along, but still, I don't see no shoes on. None. You, you Snake did feet. Yeah, yeah, Rap Scallion. Rap Scallion, yes. Yeah, um, you know, so if I can reach to the time machine. Yeah, so then um, Naomi runs into the, uh, runs up on the scene. Uh, the crowd, the camera pans to her, and you can see her who ha- who she's wearing a bright yellow neonish dress, and she so happens to see her throw both her high heels that match the dress perfectly to the ground to begin to take to go into battle two on one and, and drag and, them and, and look and you know. She whooped both of these women ass for the time being. It was no selling uh, Sonya's offense yes. until Sonya decided to give her a mid kick, and then she and then she laid it down, and she got overcame until Jimmy showed up and, and made the save, and um, and then we move on uh, from there, and we get Charlotte's turn for a promo. Uh, right before the match, and she talks about how Carmella was the hot was the last hottest thing last year. Or, sorry, that Carmella was last year's hottest thing, and that Becky is this year's hottest thing. Uh, but she's been the hottest thing for four years running. Main event of multiple pay per views and Raw and SmackDown. And she's not here to prove herself to anyone, but to just reclaim her title. That's so, exciting, so, Charlotte. Yeah, um, and Mary. also like. Not saying that she's been the hottest thing for four years is like mm, mm, the hottest thing. Mm. I mean, she's got to back up the fact that you know she is a seven-time women's champion at this point. Hey, they they picked them shits. What? Okay, so I lo- look. We all love and respect Charlotte, right? But we can't all admit that like. The character thing or whatever to beat that that it takes you quote unquote be hot. She's never had that except for like a few moments here and there. It's never been oh yeah for four years I was out here dominant like she was like she was literally like um she was CM Punkish or she was John Cena ish or she was Edge ish or Jericho ish. That was never no, nah. but whatever. I mean sometimes they have her a face one day and the next day they have her play heel so like they who don't knows know what they doing Charlotte with her. this was right now right ever since that Kendo stick beating on Ronda um yeah so 
Yeah, so we go back, uh, we come back to commercial break, and Daniel Bryan is interviewed on his way leaving out of the building. He points out that a fat, ignorant man spilled mustard on, on his shirt before shifting on AJ Styles. Keep in mind, that mustard is from the hot dog he threw that bounced off that dude's head. So this was hilarious. So he said that, uh, so he didn't shift on to uh, AJ Styles' uh, unprovoked attack. Uh, uh, he said that he had. He wondered if he attacked Brian because uh, he's changing the world for the better or if he's just because uh, he has a WWE championship and, and Styles no longer does. Uh, Brian says he doesn't care why AJ attacked him. And if you think that tonight is vicious, uh, you have not seen – I'm sorry, uh, it's not as vicious as the new Daniel Bryan. Um, people haven't seen what he's capable of, but Styles will see at Royal Rumble, and he will never, ever take the WWE WE championship away because Brian is fighting for a bigger cause he can ever understand and he will be champion forever. Fighting for a cause, huh? Yes. He's fighting to save the world. You know who would be good right now to, to come and be a lackey for Daniel Bryan? Who? If they, imagine if they dusted off and brought back the intellectual savior, uh, uh, Damian Sandow. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, so. So we go backstage and Miz is holding his jaw and Shane and um, rolls up on him. And then uh, and he congratulates Miz on his plan to challenge. I'm sorry. Uh, Miz rolls up while while I'm sorry. Shane rolls up on Miz while Miz is holding his jaw after the kick he, he caught. And then um, Miz says that uh, that his plan, Shane's plan to uh, to challenge their opponents is working. That is genius. And then tr- Shane tries to explain what he meant to Miz. And Miz says that if they're not testing themselves by going uh, right after the bar, uh, and where would they, where would they be if they were just to politely uh, wait their turn and, and let the, the opportunity pass them by? So Shane then, after originally uh, filling away, got gaslighted and says uh, if he thinks that they can win, then. Um, then they should go after it. And then Miz says he knows they can't. So then they fist bump. I guess it just wasn't enough to kill the raw tag team division. They want to kill the SmackDown tag team division too. Well, you kill, know, the, kill them all. Just well, you know, get it done with. So you know what that means. Shane Gotta has blow to them up. Shane has to have a match. <sighs> that's why so, I said, that's why I said Shane has got to hit him with the shoot bro kick for the culture. Oh God. Well, it'll be the first time uh, uh, (laughs) Seamus kicks someone too hard. Um, Okay, so then we get Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Carmella for the Royal Rumble title shot against Asuka. So we start with we started the match with uh, Charlotte and Becky Jong at each other and then. Um, they start basically throwing each other out of the ring so they can start um, basically rushing each other one on one when another person like inter- in- intervenes and then comes in the more one on one action. Anyway, we end up with a spot where uh, Charlotte has the advantage. She climbs us to the top turnbuckle, um, but but Becky caught her. Uh, Becky slam uh, Charlotte into a prone onto a prone. Carmella is similar to her the senton spot that, Car- that Charlotte's been doing over the past couple months. Um, Becky and Charlotte trade forearms and chops in the middle of the ring. Uh, Carmella nailed Flair, or Carne- ah, she nailed Charlotte with a weak-looking kick. Uh, um, Carmella locked on a submission and rolled up uh, Charlotte for a near fall. Charlotte fought back and hit a moonsault onto both uh, Becky and Carmella. 
Charlotte and Becky fought on to on the top turnbuckle. Um, Becky attempted a superplex, but Carmella yanked her off. And then Carmella uh, does try, goes for the Trish Stratus Sonya Blade spot, and um, Charlotte muscles her up. Looks like he's about to be a uh, avalanche power bomb, but Carmella fights and fights, and then lands a super hurricane rana off the top rope. Um, Carmella then followed up by hitting a suicide dive onto Becky on the floor. And then Charlotte went up for a moon for a moonsault, and Carmella and Becky both looked at her and both sidestepped, and she just crashed and burned on the floor. Bro, so I, I'm starting a petition now. We need to take the move set uh, or the the moonsault out of Charlotte's move set. We need to replace that with the Vader bomb, like. <laughs> She every time she does it, either she overshoots it or some dumb shit happens. Like that was completely unnecessary for her to do a moonsault off the top if they was just gonna move. Like, nah. I mean, bro. she crashed. I mean, I, the idea is that like you know you go for this move too much. This is what you pay for it. Like you fall that to the ground. I'll move. What's your yes, finish, yes, kid? Exactly. I'll move. Right. Yeah. So Becky goes for the disarmor on uh, on Carmella, but Charlotte is here. Fuck. <laughs> Okay, so Becky's in a corner with Carmella, and then she goes for a disarmor, even though they're right next to the ropes, which makes no sense. And um, Charlotte then uh, hits hits a natural selection from the top rope onto Becky. Um, Charlotte then uh, locks on a figure eight on Carmella, but uh, Becky uh, hit a leg drop off the top rope for a near fall. Uh, she quickly uh, locked on the disarmor, uh, but Carmella broke it up with a super kick. Uh, Charlotte hit a spear on Becky out of nowhere, uh, the, and then the finish came when uh, Becky locked on the disarm on Carmella, uh, and she got the win. So uh, Becky earns a shot against Oscar, and Oscar comes down to the ring um, and goes face to face with Becky, and looked like the most looked like one of the most swaggerific champions he ever seen. All the confidence in the world, and they and then they start tr- talking back and forth, and we can't really pick up what uh, Becky's saying, but we do know that, that, that Oscar starts basically cussing around in Japanese, and it was awesome. And then we go to black. They ran from the easiest fucking layup that they ever could have. Why do you put Becky Lynch in the title match at the Royal Rumble instead of in the Royal Rumble match? Because it's... It's 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 coming. <laughs> the, the, I see the what's screws. coming already. I, I see the screws coming. I, 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 I see, see Charlotte replacing happening. her. No, I, what I see happening is either Oscar's going to go over Becky Lynch, Charlotte's going to screw her, because, you know, they oh, have yes. this thing going on. Yes, real, Charlotte's real, screw real her. quick, Sierra, real quick, mm-hmm. to, just to add to your point. Um, it, it should be noted that after she got the, she slapped on the uh, the disarmor and Carmella tapped out, which is made you, it made you think of what happened at the finish of SummerSlam. She got her to tap out while Charlotte was out on the floor, and after that, after she won, she got up and walked over to the over to the, the uh, over to where uh, Charlotte was, and then and then basically like mocked her for saying like you know this time you can you can come behind and screw me and I and I won and I'm going to. Uh, make my title shot or whatever else so Mm -hmm. i'm sorry go ahead so what i think is going to happen is charlotte's going to screw out that match because Mm -hmm. these two this their back and forth is not done it's it's Mm -hmm. fucking not done and it's going to happen and what's going to happen when she does screw out of this match somehow 
something's going to happen between Charlotte and Becky where Becky gets inserted into the Royal Rumble or takes an opportunity to insert herself into the Royal Rumble. She's going to pull an edge, I feel. I hope. <laughs> and then she's going to win the match. And then instead of going after Asuka for the belt, she's going to go after Ronda. Yeah. I mean, like, think about it. Like, she gets screwed over by Charlotte. She's getting tired of dealing with Charlotte's crap. Okay. You want this SmackDown title so bad? You want to prove that you're the better one at this? Okay, you go after your little SmackDown belt. I've already done this multiple times, all right? You you haven't gotten there. Let me go after the big dog. You know, let me beat the one that you can beat. Because what it is with Charlotte and Becky, this whole situation between them is them trying to outdo the other. One beating the other one. Oh, you, oh, oh! You did that. Okay, let me show you how it's supposed to be done. And plus, if you're gonna call yourself the man, the man's got to prove that they're the man <laughs> of everybody. And who's walking around right now that's thinking they're the biggest hot shot in the company? Rhonda. I, I think at best be we're her. looking at a three way at this point. At worst, and they're please gonna, they're let gonna... it main event. And, and look, and at worst, they're gonna send her over. And Simon's been saying this. Step one to uh, to Becky Lynch versus Nia Jax. Like, <laughs> just, oh God, please don't. I, I, I hope that doesn't happen. Oh, um, you know what? Um, you know what'd be a good a good a good idea if she doesn't cold cock Charlotte and knock her out of Royal Rumble match. Have her attack Nia Jax, take her out the match. It could. I'm just. I mean, that would be a good way to tie in the storyline full circle. I got my revenge. Yeah, I, I just like Becky. You took my title somehow opportunity the from me. I'm going to take it from you. Like, it, it's going to happen. Something like that, something screwy <clears throat> like that's going to happen. Yeah, so I, I really believe that um, whatever the whatever the situation is, is that Blonda or Charlotte whoever, both of them, one of them, I don't know, screws uh, Becky out of her title that she's fought so hard for and, and defended at times throughout the last uh, five months or four months, whatever. And then, lo and behold, guess who, guess who, ha- guess who has a, 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 a and just in her back pocket like Roman Reigns at the 2017 or, or 2018 uh, Royal Rumble match, or 2017 Royal Rumble match. Like, yeah, I lost my title shot. So what? I'm still in this rumble and I'm and watch they do like the Luger the Luger uh Bret Hart uh spot or something like that. Like I, I feel like we're headed towards a three way. Um I, I I mean I don't I I just I, I don't see any way around it at this point of where they're going. To be honest with you, I wouldn't be opposed to having a three way because if you're gonna have Ronda Rousey in this company, and we're being told she's one of the greatest female athletes in history of sports, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Charlotte, who is, you know, doted as the most genetically superior athlete in that company. Then you have Becky Lynch, who is the man. Ronda Rousey cannot exist in the same space with them without going against both of them at the same time. That's freaking on I feel like they've worked their asses off to to create this scenario that Charlotte now has to be in this situation when Absolutely. that's not Absolutely. what 
what was originally lined up in the streets, and they've they've written it a certain way. To, no, 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 to, no, 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 no. They're playing all. They're playing seemingly all along from to get to WrestleMania was I don't know if it was a main event or whatever else. It it, it always seemed like they're eventually going to do Ronda versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Now this Becky thing took off to the world point where like they can't even or they were trying to get it. They were trying to do it at some as Survivor Series at a point where like. It was a pro. It was champion versus champion because that was the setup of the show, and it was appropriate, and it would have got, it would have had the match, and then like you can't be like, yeah, you know, Becky needs to have another match with Ronda. They'd be like, no, Ronda already beat her. It's time to move on. Maybe mm-hmm. she's a champion, and she fights somebody else for the for and has a second match or whatever else. But that would have been a fine spot. But then, but then fate intervened, and she got a broken nose and and concussion. And now this is where we are, where it's like this match got over, or that program and those promos by Becky got so over, and then she invaded Raw, and it was a moment, it was one of the top moments of the year, and now it's like she has to be. This a problem that just showed up, like it's like it just happened, and like okay, you if you if you go out there and you do Charlotte versus Becky, just know I'm sorry, um, Charlotte versus Ronda. Like, just know the hell that you're running into, and you're gonna be doing a lot of manipulating and everything because, uh, you know, it's just gonna be it's be right, more of them going WrestleMania and trying to fight their fan base. This is gonna be I Rock always, versus Roman. I always not, not felt like, oh, but yeah, there'll be we want Becky Chance all over the place. I always felt like when they brought Ronda in there that they were going to somehow intermingle her with the four women because they they've been talking it up before and jumped into the ring that there's this thing between the forest women and i said well if they bring her in you know they're going to put her against charlotte like obviously the big dog like rick flair's kid duh the biggest you know one of the most superior athletes on the roster you can you can't have her it's it's like if you think back into the attitude era like stone cold the rock were on the same roster right both of them big superstars were everywhere magazines television shows whatever imagine if they never collided it would be like why that's crazy that's crazy talk it's the same thing with rick flair and sting <sighs> them never fighting and they're both the best that's how it is with ronda versus charlotte like you have to have them collide and then with the beat down with the kendo stick they would be crazy to not follow through with that at yeah, some point that was a way oh, out yeah. because that was a way out because charlotte had to charlotte had to take hella l's to get becky over to that yes. point like remember becky hasn't been pinned has only been pinned like one pinned or submitted one time since like june and that was that survivor series or, or SummerSlam match so like she had to take all those l's and it was like okay she's gonna she's gonna be a labor placement for for becky and she's gonna lose to ronda again or she's gonna lose to ronda so that's another loss it's like nah they came out there and they did that that um, that finish to try to give her some give her something and it worked more than probably than they probably expected and now they're out here manipulating trying to scramble to find a way to get her into this to fit her into this match and it's like I don't care one way or the other like I did I like I would say honestly like as far as from a promo perspective like I would rather have Charlotte there to try to catch some of these strays that Becky's gonna throw at Ronda because Ronda has shown that like she has no shot in in, in the hell as far as the promo game against Becky. It, it, it showed yeah. it survive it showed during the Survivor Series build and at WrestleMania it's only gonna get worse. So yeah, like, like at least have Charlotte out there that can at least like you know you know can, can at least like get at least like 
ease some of the, you know, take some of the burden of getting beat on verbally and also, like, trade back with Becky from time to time. Like, Charlotte is just, I mean, Becky is just, no. sorry, Becky. Ronnie just like, uh-uh. She completely she Honestly, honestly I, I wouldn't even, when it comes to the promo thing, let Ronna keep going out there and just killing herself on promos because everything they've been writing for her has been so Doo-doo. freaking terrible. It's been very childlike very weird and and then some of it i hear and i'm like you know what this this sounds like ronda because a lot of the stuff she said towards becky she said when she was you know an ultimate fighter as a coach against Bisha tate like the same type of behavior and it's like wow like we're really resorting to this kindergarten behavior this ain't likable this ain't honorable this ain't it's not likable and she's supposed to be the baby face i'm supposed to be cheering it's not relatable either and it and it comes off like very like you would think she's the bully and Becky Lynch is the you know the underdog that's just had enough of the bully's bullshit you know what I'm saying like yeah. I'm not supposed to like Becky Lynch I'm supposed to be against Becky Lynch but Becky Lynch has built up this program by herself through social media and is flaming anybody that has a word to say about her yeah, that, like, yeah you cannot, warrior animal like you cannot just be like Okay, let's just do Charlotte and Rhonda. You cannot ignore that because that woman has built it up so much on her own. She didn't even need nobody to write it. And that's incredible. There hasn't been anybody that's done it in wrestling in years. And the way things are going, this is a potential to main event mania. It and should, I not potential. This should main event at this point. And it should because it's that big of a deal. You have one of the, you know, biggest women athletes in the last what five ten years besides serena williams at your wrestling show going against your top women's athletes i mean i'd say say diana's harazi but yeah uh, yeah she's definitely on a shorthand list yeah like it's you have to do that and i think they will but if they don't let it main event it's people are going to be pissed about it because how can you not it's been a whole year's worth of build at this point. I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, we will come. We will be back with the LeBron James U Bum of the Week and the Wrestler of the Week. A name caller. What I say? Let me hear you say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> it's not a name call. It's a right. you bum. Welcome back to One Nation Radio. Y'all already know what time it is. It is time for the LeBron James U-Bum of the Week, the first one for 2019. Very excited to uh, start calling out the bums out here. What about y'all? The enthusiasm is is at all-time high, Rich. (laughs) Can you tell it in my voice? (laughs) Yeah, man. Oh, hush. So let's go through the list. Um, so we've got five bums nominated this week, all all of uh, different you know shapes, sizes, uh, genders. So <laughs> um, oh, up what? first, Stop. Up, <laughs> just go. Up, <laughs> up first, <laughs> the Miz, who got uh, laid out like a geek. Uh, stepped over, walked on by Sheamus, and he's for some reason still trying to hang out with Shane McMahon. I don't know whoever will want to do that. Um, Pete Gas, correct. And when's the last Joey time we've seen him? 
So up next, we got Mandy Rose, who showed up uh, with no shoes on and a towel and then got beat the down. the only one that noticed that. Her, look, her, like her and Sonya Deville uh, were together and still managed to get jumped by Naomi, who was by herself. Um, yeah. Nia Sierra. Jax. So, hold on, Sierra. Honestly, I think that me and Rich would have been more on board with the Rusev, like, uh, 2013 run, had that man had shoes, or sorry, 2014 run, had that man had shoes on. What is with y'all and bare feet? Y'all just... Uh-uh. Ain't with it. Uh-uh. Ain't with it. Uh-uh. I, when she was walking backstage, and I seen the... I was like, why am I seeing her ankles Bruh, like that? Like, she got no shoes on? Like, on that concrete? What the hell is wrong with you? Like, like, like the only one I don't care about is Matt Riddle, because that kind of, like, fits the aesthetic. You know, that man is a, he, a, that man no, is a cage wait. fighter. He comes out yes. with sandals on, and then gets into the ring and takes the shoes off. Right. Like, look... I'm not exactly the biggest fan in the world of that either, but at least that man is like, this is to give you the MMA presentation as opposed to, I just come out here just just, 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 do just it. Uncivil, uncivilized, yeah. for lack of a better word. Well, yeah. did, did, I mean, to be honest with you, I would actually be dying laughing if Matt Riddle got in the ring was wrestling in slides. I'd just be like, man, come on, like, <laughs> this is going new. too far. Well, you break an ankle like that. Um, yeah. Up next, Nia Jax, who uh, got completely owned by Sasha Banks on the mic and in the ring. Um, bad week for Nia. Yeah. Bad promo, bad match, into Gael. Yeah. Go to the back of the line. Yeah. She's not like most girls. Yeah. Um, Braun Strowman, who probably had his worst week since he was like in the Wyatt family. <laughs> Like, you mean you mean when they were telling him to stay on his feet and he was falling over the place? Right. Like, when he was the worst when he was like one of the ten worst wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Correct. Um he he was looking dead in the camera like he was Kodak Black looking at the microwave. Um, oh my god. He, he just he, it was a bad week. They clowned his him. lines. They clowned him. And yep. man, we're live, pal. Yeah, we're live, pal. <laughs> you, you, you gotta run it. Um <laughs> And Elias, who lost to Baron Corbin clean as a sheet, and on in a match so bad he got Sam Punk chance. Correct. Ooh man, I, I feel I feel overwhelmed. I feel fatigued. Uh, talking about all these, all this, you know, the the the, the aura of the bums has just overwhelmed me. Sierra, who you got? <sighs> man. Honestly, just want to nominate the the whole call ups package. Oh my god! Because like I am so exhausted. I am tired of these people, and they haven't shown up yet. I am. I'm at the point where if I see again, if I see Lars Sullivan, just big Lars behind, I'm going to scream, and it's going to be just a very bad scream. Because it's like I get it, y'all. They coming. I'm not excited. The only person I'm excited to see out of that whole situation is Nikki Cross. Everybody else, I don't care to see because I have a feeling within six months, they're going to be relegated to just being guys just to stand around the rank and do nothing. Lumberjacks. Another reason to to have an issue with with the call-ups is like these call-ups are coming. And, like, we don't know if we're going to get another batch of call-ups after WrestleMania or not. Like, this might be it. And if this is it, 
we are in store. For, we are in store for a hell of a mundane 2019. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just who picked this batch is what I want to know. Vince? Rookie of the like main roster rookie of the year is going to be a real a real struggle if this is all they're going to bring up. Lars Sullivan. Oh, How? Not it. I mean, just this batch is not. I mean, it's they've a, had bad it's batches. It's a bad batch. But they've bad had dope. bad batches before when it comes to college. But this might be the worst. James, who you got for your bum of the week? Ooh, um, hmm, hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go. I am gonna go. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm gonna go with um with Strowman. This was this was really bad, um, and a lot of it's not his fault because they shouldn't have put him in this situation. But this segment sucked, and it's and it's the title match at Royal Rumble. So, um, and also like and after after this makes me think like, well, look historically at what they do with Lesnar at Royal Rumbles. Either he's either he had that one match with um that triple threat match that was one of the best matches like of the last, like, five years in WWE, or he wrestles a big guy and beats the hell out of him. And right now, it looks like, because he comes from a promo like that, you like more more giant monster cannon fodder. So you better yeah. turn it around in a reason to want to wanna think otherwise I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do with, it quickly. I'm going to go with Braun Strowman as well. Um, his bumness affects more of the show than any of you know the other folks uh usually when like a top guy falls into bum of the week they're going to get it for that reason uh but the Miz ain't look great Manny Rose ain't look great um Naya performance wise long way to go but um Strowman he has to be better um but there's residual damage there too so yeah oh this hurts to say braun Strowman, you are the lebron james you bum of the week yeah it's hurting y'all not me (laughs) (laughs) i never got on that train i was just like "Uh uh-uh this ain't gonna go the way they want Mm -mm. it's going the way they want they booking it you can't be like we don't think it's going the way they want to. Like, look, they protect that man. They, they that man beats everybody except for two guys all the time. Yeah. Uh, um, so wrestlers on, on to wrestler of the week. So um, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch, John Cena, and Andrade Cien Almas. Quite a nice list. So let's go through it. Like Seth Rollins got a um, victory in the six-man tag match, but then later did a job um, after Bobby Lashley's interference. Daniel Bryan cut his that psychotic promo, cut two actually psychotic promos, and and beat our truth like he owned them. And uh, yep, I, I yep, wouldn't. I, yep, I, I, yep, bad choice of words, yep. my friend. <laughs> Bad choice of words. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been thinking about so much New Jack. Jesus. So, <laughs> see, see, and it's see, we getting close to February, and you right. saying things like this. Let's, let's, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, take two. Use a better. What else would okay. you like to have said so, instead? So, so Daniel Bryan beat him like he stole something. 
Nope, that, that ain't gonna work that's either. That's still problematic. Nope, okay, still problematic. So, so now this, this is becoming a shtick now, right? <laughs> this is gonna be a thing. Yeah, you're gonna say all types of dog whistling stuff now, huh? Yes. <laughs> nah, maybe we need a maybe we need a band you like Hogan. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> then um, we got Becky Lynch who uh, won the triple threat and is fighting Oscar at the Royal Rumble. John Cena was back, cutting a good promo. Crowd showed him some love and was on the winning team in the sixth man. And Andrade Cien Almas, who got the biggest win of his career, uh, pinning Rey Mysterio. Hopefully that leads to some type of singles match or something. Uh, but he was probably in the best match of the week on the uh, between. All right, we're back. We actually had to uh, let Sierra off the line. She ended up having some technical difficulties, but we are back. James, uh, as far as the wrestler of the week, I'll go through it uh, one more time. Got Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch, John Cena, and Andrade Cien Almas. And I went with Andrade Cien Almas. Oh, man. Um... I'm stuck between it because um, you mentioned the impact of a bit of um, from like how Strowman is because he's like a top guy and as far as it being like a big a big thing on the show. Um, uh, man, like his SmackDown had three great matches and it's, so I'm, I'm kind of stuck between. Um, and I really did like what what Seth did until he got beat down. But I, I mean, whatever. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with Andrade. Like, you know, we've given Seth, you know, wrestler of the week um, once or twice before. Becky has won plenty of them. So I'll go with Andrade. Like, we don't know uh, when the next time we're going to see him. That match was awesome. Um, And and they made me want to see more of them. And, like, you know, I I can't wait to see him and Ray actually get a chance, get like, you know, 12 minutes to go go nuts. Hopefully, um, this is the beginning of the year of Andrade seeing Ole Miss. If not, y'all already know what it is. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so congratulations to Andrade Cien Almas, our wrestler of the week. Um, and as far as the better show, I say SmackDown takes us in a landslide. Yeah, yeah, SmackDown. Like, SmackDown had three matches that I thought were very good um, in promos galore between the, the women, all three women, their sit down interviews. Um, Sheamus, uh, or sorry, uh, Cesaro talking to Miz for. Uh, before or setting that, that challenge, um, Daniel Bryan twice, yeah, uh, SmackDown for sure, man. But uh, cool, man. That's gonna wrap the show up, guys. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Thank you to Sierra for coming on uh, with us. You can follow her at Sierra nine two one eight nine. If you want to um, interact with Sierra, just definitely don't run up, or you will get done up. Like if you come with that foolishness uh, on her page, she will dunk on you and have everyone laughing at you. Um, but yeah, uh, make sure you guys check out the Global Revolution Tuesday mornings, late Tuesday nights, of course. One Nation Radio here with the TV reviews. Wednesdays, Sports Entertainment is Dead with Samuel Plan. Uh, Thursday, the Perfect Ten Wrestling Show with our boy to Implications. Friday, the Right Side of the Pond. Saturday, WWF Legacy Series, and Sunday, the LOP Radio Aftershock. I will be putting out columns. Uh, I have a designated day. Uh, Wednesdays, I'll be releasing columns in the column section on Lords of pain i actually jump started a little early so um put out that uh aw one and of course if you want to go over to the hulk hogan one and see uh all these fools in the comment section uh, you know have a good laugh but um 
Uh, anything else for uh, we get up out of here, uh, James? No. Um, hopefully, uh, next week we'll have as good of. Um, I'm sorry, a TV as good or or somehow luckily better than um, this week. But but this is a good week of TV for five hours of wrestling. Yep. Um, anyway, that's gonna wrap it up. Holler at y'all uh, next week. Peace. Sorry, Chad. <laughs>